1: At Sif We're your movie
0: friends. And are friends really friends? If you don't know them,
1: so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do.
0: There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. to the Writer's Room. Well, welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. Today, uh, and today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Adam.
1: Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: uh Adam you might also recognize uh maybe it's it's weird calling you that cuz like you're you're a curb rider for everything so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it
1: was kind of weird hearing that actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh so uh Adam uh, and I we write for SIFPop.com, We do movie reviews, uh best ever challenges and lots of other things uh movie related, TV related. Uh we've got a video game review coming out relatively soon cuz the new Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out. Um gosh, I love that we're doing video game reviews now. Um, yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, and uh, so we do all that. Uh, so make sure you check out the website, sifpop.com, to keep up with all that. Uh, but on the show today, we're going to talk about a coming attraction, uh, three of them actually, because it uh, looks to be a pretty big list for the movies, which will be very interesting when we get there. And I'll explain why. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, we'll give our thoughts on those and we'll move on to uh, our Sip Topic this week, which third Wednesday of the month means we're doing the TV catch up. So uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, all things, anything, anything and all things TV. And, um, and then, uh, we'll do the B plot, which I thought would be fun for us too. We've done in the past, we've done, uh, movies that we wish were TV series instead. I thought, let's do the flip of that. So TV series you think would be more beneficial as a movie, um, or franchise of movies or something like that. Um, uh, but you know, essentially shorter. Um, and then, uh, we'll, we'll do the split off at the end, of course. Um, and, uh, that's that's what the show looks like but first uh we got to get a chance to know our writer adam this is your first time on the show welcome to the show
1: first of yeah all. thanks for having me
0: um yeah of course absolutely and uh um we got to ask you the questions to get to know you a little bit so i gotta know um what is your favorite movie of all time and specifically like what makes that movie beyond excellent to you
1: um yeah that's it's always a tough question it's always a rotating question depending on when i'm when i'm asked to be honest um what year it might be um so yeah. i kind of have a bit of a rotating top t- even top 10 now when I, I actually did a recent top 20 movies of on on my letterbox account and it was really tough to actually come up with but i guess for the last few years after watching it for about the honestly 30th or 40th time um 12 monkeys kind of elevated itself from a top five to a kind of a permanent top one at the moment um mm-hmm. I guess the reason why, um, again, a tough one to answer exactly why I love that so much, but I remember specifically watching it in the cinema in 1996, and it's kind of quite mind-blowing. It was kind of set in the future at the time, just a few months in the future, um, and of a global pandemic that kind of ended everyone, which is actually a bit frightening now you say it out loud. Um, But but what I really love about it is, for one thing, Terry Gilliam has my number, regardless of almost regardless of what he directs. I don't know, he just has this style about him that I really buy into. Um, but I've always been, being a, a, an 80s kid, um, Back to the Future was a big influence on me. So time travel um, movies always, always grab my attention as well. And I think the way 12 Monkeys handles time travel is kind of second to none. I don't I don't know that I've seen anything that really closes off those typical time time loopholes I mean, better. It,
0: it all depends on like, you know, if we're talking like, like I think Bill and Ted's Do- an excellent adventure does a fine job, but it's not meant to be like super solid. You know, it's meant no. to be like you know, stick some gum on it, and it's probably okay. Like you know, but as far as like yeah. movies that take themselves seriously, yeah, there is no better than than in terms of logistically than than Twelve yep. Monkeys. Um, yeah, and it
1: was also the movie that really put Brad Pitt into the spotlight as uh, as a as someone who could actually act rather than just be a face on the screen as well. Like, yeah. and I. He he was kind of blew me away in that in that movie, in especially in the asylum. Um, you know, so his Brad Pitt, in his Pitt that
0: we, we've not seen before. Like we well, have not seen since.
1: No, not since. No, not you know you don't see that at all from him, do you? Um, and
0: what I want more of it, much. though. I love wacky Zany Brad Pitt.
1: A- absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's great, and it was also a time when Bruce Willis cared about what he was doing as well. You know, was, uh... <laughs> I was
0: really, was waiting to see how you're going to finish that <laughs> sentence because it was like.
1: Oh, it's yeah. got to be
0: some sort of like big dig on him, you know? Ca- cared about what he was in, or or actually looked at scripts before showing up to set. Or um... he's
1: he's, <laughs> he's really quickly turned into Nicolas Cage, right? He's making six how, movies a month by the looks of it. Like, it's
0: how soon until we just start calling like Bruce Willis the new Nick Cage, like officially? Because like I, the, look, I, I the, the, problem is, the problem is the problem is that like Bruce Willis still comes out with good movies every now and then. And Nicolas Cage, when he had his run, didn't. I mean, mm. like the, mm. arguably the best movie in his bad run was, like, Next, which is still a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. But it's watchable. Like, but, it but, is, like you yeah. had, like, the Wicker Man remake, and you had, like, uh, that Knowing movie, and you had, like, oh, no, all those bad. ones that we never heard about for months later. But then, like, Nick mm. Cage comes out with something like Pig, and it's like, oh, maybe he's out of that now. Uh, which is, I haven't seen Pig
1: yet, but oh, I uh, hear he's great. Uh, and he I is know. great, and and, oh, and I know he's going to be ignored, but oh my god, he he deserves some award contention. He deserves to be in the in the conversation because he is phenomenal. And that movie is it's very. I'm excited right to there. see it. Yeah, yeah, get to it as soon as you can because it's um it's it's really great. It's really
0: great. Yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for a sale to drop on Voodoo for that one
1: because right. It's it's if you like John Wick and you like Chef, mix them together. <laughs> 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 It's kind of, it's um, a fascinating little take yeah, and heartbreaking. So yeah, anyway, that's my. Yeah. My that's a review.
0: really <laughs> incredible, unique um, pick. I love, I love that. Um, I, I love 12 monkeys. I just, it just maybe needs a little bit of, uh, of editing to it. Um, just because I, every single time, like I know where the movie's going and I'm so mm. excited to see it get there. But like, about two thirds through the movie, I just kind of stop paying attention because it just doesn't grab me as much. So I think just oh, a little, really okay. a little trimming in like that two thirds moment, which is just like I'm probably in the minority on that. Um, but like I, I I want to love it. I want to like be engaged. I just can never like act like I can never like watch it and put down my phone. Um, which uh, is a right, pretty okay. good indicator. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. It, which is like a pretty good yeah, indicator. For like if a movie makes my favorite list of all time, which I'm gonna go through and trim because. I feel like I watched so many like incredible movies. It's like, yeah, that's got to be my favorites of all time. But it's a movie I've seen mm-hmm. once like at this point like a year ago. And it's like The Insider. And it's like, I'm sure it's great. I just can't remember a thing about it <laughs> other than yeah. I really loved it.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I- I'm exactly like that when I watch movies. I'm not a details person. So people will say... Like, I'll talk to someone about a movie and go, oh, yeah, I really love that. And they go, do you remember the – what about this part? And I'm like, I don't remember that at all. I just remember I loved I'm, it. I'm
0: minorly a detail person, but it's like, you know, you're talking about a move, a three-hour movie I saw once a year and a half ago. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I should be able to defend any of the movies on my top 100 and, or top favorites of all time. So I feel like I need to do a little framing, which I'm going to do. But um, And, like, man, I, I love Ghostbusters, but – Every time I watch it I love it a little bit less. So like it's I watched Ghostbusters like a few
1: weeks ago and I'm I can see why it's it's a bit of a cult obviously it's a cult movie, but I don't know that it holds up it's, I don't know if it deserves the hype that it has.
0: The the in- perfect audience is an eight year old.
1: Yeah. Yeah, eight to twelve. Yeah. Although yeah. there's a bit like, of a changing- I
0: loved it when I was a kid, but like the more I grew up, yeah. Like the joke, not all the jokes land um it's no, it's, no. it's also a movie that could use a little editing um it's yeah I, I love it more nostalgia but it's
1: from all yeah. accounts though like a bit of history with the with the original script that dan Aykroyd wrote it was completely messed up different movie like it was quite dark and right. just no no it's just not a good first draft apparently from what yeah. i've under from what i understand
0: yeah well don't say that too loudly otherwise we'll get release the Aykroyd cut trending
1: on twitter oh <laughs> uh, god no <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to see the um, the new one coming out.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mean I don't like the movie. It's just like it's just yeah. not as as it's just probably shouldn't be in my favorites of all time, given my feelings on it. Uh, yeah. But we um, will also uh, one more question for you, and that's uh, you're among the new wave of hip hop writers, um, although hmm. it feels like you've been around for a while because um, you were one of the people that was like always interacting with Twitter and all that. Um, I just curious like uh so you were part of that new wave we put out like hey we're looking for new writers um I just I just kind of wanted to know like what's your like history and like what kind of made you finally be like all right now's the time I think I want to I think I want to
1: start writing for the site um yeah it's a really good question and it kind of I don't know it's kind of not hard to answer but back in the day look I've always always loved movies and I know I've always loved writing and but I never had the two intermingle until about a decade ago. Our my uh, my workplace had a newsletter, and I was writing re- monthly reviews for that newsletter, and they were just little short blurbs, kind of like a B.E.C. challenge, effectively. Mm-hmm. But you know, I tried to, and I always loved writing two movies. And I moved interstate, moved to a new state, and never really did any writing. And then. Um, Have a found a friend at work who is um, a a phenomenal movie buff, Um, young guy who was telling me about what he's into. He writes for another website, and he's on. Kind of inspired me to maybe get off my butt a bit and and maybe do something with my passions. Um, And so then he actually sent me the link to the call out. saying you know when you were asking for writers and um so i thought why not bugger it and i just uh, yeah hit you guys up and said oh, i'll be interested in writing and that's kind of a short story long <laughs> really cool
0: yeah um I totally am just now realized that I just totally skipped over a question uh, that you were mentioning. You said you've kind of always been a movie person. Uh, mm. But the one of the questions I, I like to ask all of our new writers is like, when did you realize that you were a movie person? Like, where was that moment that it kind of clicked that you're just like, I think movies are my thing.
1: Like, I think that's um, me. I think for me, um, I don't know that I realized I was a movie person until I was probably in my 30s, honestly. But I had mm. to sit and think back and analyze back to when I was a kid, that one of the pressures I put on my parents that I always wanted was a VCR. Um, You know, I said I was an 80s kid. I'm (laughs) having a birthday really soon and and getting older. But, um, yeah, I just really wanted a VCR. And I come home from school one day and there was a VCR sitting on top of the TV because TVs were big back then. and VCR could sit on top of it. And um, they had a big pile of 10 VHS movies that they'd rented from the store and I literally didn't even take off my school uniform, laid on the floor, and we're watching, I'm pretty sure it was Caddyshack, like something completely inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was just, yeah, I I think that's where my love of movies came in. I don't know why. um, It just takes me away to a different place, you know, Um, which is what Mm -hmm. movies should do. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I I remember the same thing. uh, DVD players for me, though. I grew up with a VHS in the
1: household, but,
0: you know, all of a sudden DVDs are the new thing, and it's just like, I mm. think that would be great. And would have like five at the time. And uh for Christmas one year, we open up a box and there's a DVD player and Lilo and Stitch is inside it. And it's like, yes, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh,
2: that's a. Good and then Christmas Blu-rays thing. come
0: out, and I was behind the time, and uh, we I didn't get a Blu-ray player until like college, and then I didn't get. A, then I got a 4K player pretty quickly. Like as soon as they started integrating them into game yep. consoles, it was like, all right, like gotta get my hands on
1: these. Yeah, nice. I still don't have a 4K player because they don't. I can't find one that matches what I want. So, um, but I actually worked That's in a video store when DVDs were coming, when DVDs were coming out. And it kind of put a bit of a death knell in video stores because I remember, yeah, we used to get all these VHS brought in and they cost quite a lot for the video stores to buy. But then DVDs were like 20, 30 bucks. Um, mm. So people were really buying them off the shelf rather than coming in and renting them. And so, kind of, that video store ended up closing down. When
0: you never um, made that connection.
1: Hmm. hmm. Like, I, yeah, video- it's just something that I, I didn't go to b- video stores until I was
0: in college uh, because I just, my family would always buy outright. And, mm. um, you know, and then, like any high schooler, I maybe watched movies in ways that aren't technically legal. Um, yeah. uh, I don't anymore. <laughs> I haven't for like 10 years uh, because I'm an adult now. But I, 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 j- I also just didn't realize, like, how video stores, like, um, how cheap they were to rent. Uh, part of that is I grew up. Mm-hmm. I grew up like the closest one to me was a blockbuster, and they were very not not cheap. And uh, we would go to blockbuster, but we'd go buy all the like movies they were trying to get off their shelves. Right. Um, and then I and then I went to college and was right down the street from the family video and was like, that's really affordable. Um Yeah. And like yeah. why yeah, you know, I'd much rather do this and support the movie and an industry as opposed to, as opposed to watching a like four twenty p camera in a theater or whatever. You know? Yeah.
1: Garbage. Yeah. Um oh, those uh, cam versions they actually ruin a lot of movies for me. Um back oh, yeah. in the day. I used to watch some of those pirated copies and I hated the movie. Then I watched the movie again at a later stage on a you know. DVD yeah, that's thing's always fascinating for me,
0: because I, I watched it like that, and it was just, like, boring, but then I put it in yeah. an actual player, and it was like, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, you know, I got 4K yeah. came in the mail today, so... Oh,
2: nice. <laughs>
0: uh, but I've, I just never made that connection that, like, I mean, VHS, because to me, VHS has had always also been around, but I guess I didn't know the price of a running VHS.
1: Um, yeah, you know. um, yeah, I think it depends. I think there was probably the same price as an actual DVD, but for the actual video store to buy a VHS from the distribution company, they were, this is back in the late nineties in Australia, they were like 120 depending on the title, but up to $180. So you had to rent them out quite a few times to make anything off them. Um, But DVDs never had the same business model. They just came out. and
0: They're a little more sustainable. They're a little bit easier to store. And all of Mm. a sudden you get like special features as a regular and, there's definitely yeah. a quality jump. Like,
2: yeah, um, yeah. I think
0: it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I, yeah, um, and now DVDs cost like fifteen dollars
1: brand new because Blu-rays. Yeah, you know, I like, yeah. I can't remember the last time I bought. I, I buy Blu-ray exclusively. I can't buy DVD even if there's a movie I really want. If it's on DVD, and not Blu-ray, I just won't buy it. I can't.
0: Uh, the only the only reason I'll buy a DVD <laughs> is if they're um, not available on Blu-ray or a different format, or if they're like extremely mm. rare um and or if and then they're also not available to buy digitally um mm. that's kind of my only or if they're just obnoxious to buy digitally like so the last movies <laughs> i can remember buying dig, uh on uh, uh on dvd were um i could think of three right now one of them mm-hmm. was um dogma because oh. uh, it's, it, it's incredibly hard to find blu-ray and because, yeah. because of Harvey Weinstein. And there's a lot of issues mm-hmm. with him. Um, yeah. Uh, and one of the issues is he won't release Dogma. <laughs> it's no, by I know far a lot not, not the biggest issue. But.
1: I know a lot about the Dogma history, actually. Yeah, Because I'm yeah. same boat.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so uh, like Dogma and then um, I bought st- – you remember like a mid-2000s video game – horror? you said you're not a horror person. There's this mid-2000s horror movie that was like if you die in this video game, you die for real. And like I loved it as a kid and it's not Ooh. good, but it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, but I bought it on DVD because the unrated cut is the only way you can watch it. And the unrated cut um, is significantly better. Right. Um, and the other one is the Mighty Ducks trilogy because the Blu-rays are essentially a DVD quality on a Blu-ray disc and cost twenty five dollars a piece, and the DVDs right. cost five a piece. And if you want to find them on Voodoo, yeah, they're like yeah. twenty a piece. And it's like <clears> this is <throat> no like I'll be fine with a DVD and Disney if, Plus. Yeah, if
1: like. the if the yeah exactly right. So that's and that's another thing I I try to avoid buying movies that I think that are, that are on streaming services that I'm always going to have.
0: Um, Well, and I mean, there's an argument (laughs) to be made about that, but at the same time, like, I feel like you're pretty safe, like, you know, Mighty Ducks or something like that, because like Disney Mm. Plus is going to keep Mm. all their content there. But like anything else, it's like the 007 movies are pretty hard to find on streaming services. Amazon seems to have the best, they're gonna get them a lot better now that Amazon owns MGM. But like, trying to rewatch some of them before um, Spectre and my, my Xbox is in the shop, so... Um, I couldn't pop in my, my Blu-ray of Quantum of so I had to like try to find... And it's not streaming anywhere. Um, you have to buy it. And it's like, what? Well, garbage? Is that right? Um, yeah. Well, at, least, yeah, at least in the States.
1: I, I think yeah, I think there's a, st- there's a couple of streaming services in Australia I don't have because I just generally the, the image and sound quality of them isn't great. Um, I think one of ours has all the bonds, or it did have. Um, but I actually own I all the bonds.
0: I think they're on Prime now, but I think they were also like... Deliberately waiting to put it on until after No Die, No Time to Die came out because they knew everybody would oh, yeah. be trying to rewatch them, and so they knew they would make more rental money um, mm-hmm. and digital purchase money. So, um, yeah, I need to
1: watch Spectre again actually before I go and watch No Time to Die. I know people don't yeah. seem to like Spectre, but I know I, I kind of remember. I don't think I've seen it since it since the cinema. Um, I kind of remember liking it more than most people. So. We'll see how we
0: go. Yeah, that's, that's about where I am. And yeah, I mean, if that's kind of your experience, then uh, I would recommend a watch before. Uh, if you have the time, I'd recommend watching all the Craig's leading up to it. But um, if you I, don't have the I've time. only
1: watched them actually this year because I started showing to, to my son, um, which because um, he's kind of you know, he's, he's uh, 14 now, so I'm trying to get him into some of those type of things that I loved as a kid, but yeah, um, finding it hard sometimes. So, yeah, showed him all the Craig Bonds pretty recently, except Specter. because is the only one I don't own at the moment, so I'm, mm. I'm gonna pick up on that. Yeah, cause I'm,
0: yeah for you know, sure should uh, for, should give yourself a little bit of a refresh because this kind of feels directly in that. Anyway, um, yeah. one, one more question for you uh, before we get into it. Um, I want to ask this question. I asked the same one to, um, to Chris and Ian when I had them on. So uh, if you can't tell by now, um, Adam is not uh, American. Um, <laughs> he is one of our international writers, um, and uh, um, Aust- correct me if I'm wrong, but Australian, but far like a different coast from Melbourne, where Alice is, kind of closer to New Zealand.
1: Uh well, uh, well, I'm on the east coast, so I'm, I'm in on the Gold Coast, which is just south of Brisbane in Queensland, and but we're in the same time zone as Melbourne. Um, okay, yeah, I uh, thought well, Melbourne was west coast. No, 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 that's Perth is West Coast. Melbourne is the um, bottom of the actual mainland of Australia. Um, And I actually come from, I'm actually Tasmanian, which is, you know, the island beneath Melbourne, effectively, beneath Victoria. Um, But I now live in Queensland um, on the Gold Coast. So um, we're a bit further east, I guess. Our sun sets quicker, but that's still the same time zone. I'm getting into technicalities there.
0: (laughs) I, I was thinking it was a different... I was thinking, kind of episode of the state. Anyway, I'm wrong. That's fine. Uh, Aaron's wrong at geography is <laughs> might as well be a drinking game on this show. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to ask this question that I asked Chris and Ian because Chris and Ian also are some of our international writers. Uh, so uh, there's there's them too, and then you and Alice. Um, I want to say Luke is also from Australia. Um, I could be totally wrong on that.
1: Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. sure. As far as I was aware, it it's only me and Alice from, from Australia. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, yeah I, don't
0: know. I I could be wrong about that. But anyway, we have several international writers. Um, and I, I thought this was a really fun one. Um, so your your homeland is Australia. Um, what is one thing that you wish that Americans knew about your country?
1: Uh, geez, that's, a, that's a really great question. Um Instantly, like into, it, could, it could be like hey, we have things. this
0: food that you should know about, or like, hey, like you probably think that, like, like Chris's answer was like, we don't wear wooden shoes because he's from, um, <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> he's I from actually, yeah, remember that, <laughs> I don't right? Like, so like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you all know about any, any <laughs> You've given me a couple of thoughts there, so I guess I'm going to say two things. You all know about veggie so I'm not going to talk about veggie um It is great if you do it properly. By the way. Um, I guess first things food wise is that you guys don't know much about meat pies, um, which is a very Australian. You guys have fruit pies like apple pie and blueberry. Pie uh, and
0: things like that. I mean, like shepherd's pie would be the closest thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess a shepherd's pie, but that's but not quite the even same then as Even
0: that's, that's not a staple in, in no. the US. And it's, and it's no. typically only places it might also get served like food from the UK.
1: Um, yeah, it, so. it's, it's look, it's one thing you guys are missing out on. It's, like it's like a sport game. It's like, a, it's like what a hot dog is to Americans. When you go to a baseball game, you have a hot dog. In Australia, you go to the footy, um, AFL, um, and you have a meat pie, basically. It's either it's, super it's hot. Called a, it's called a footy? Footy. Uh, footy AFL, football. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no,
0: but you call the stadium a
1: footy? No, 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 no. no the game is footy. Footy. Oh, the, got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. football, footy. Yeah, so, either way, that's a lot um, of fun. <laughs> um <laughs> uh so yeah we have a meat pie which will either burn the roof off burn the skin off the roof of your mouth or it'll be stone cold so it's it's it, there's no in between um but and <laughs> most people will pile it up with um tomato sauce ketchup um mm-hmm. and um yeah dig in from there and it's um yeah you guys are missing out on meat pies if you can get a good one um i know there are some australian bakeries i know in the la area because i've seen youtube videos about it that deliver around the country so get on that i mean um, i live in
0: iowa like we, we got we got very american things here <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, next time i'm in la i'll look for an australian restaurant uh, i i, yeah, I also want it. to officially pass a decree i think we need to stop calling football american football um in soccer in soccer and all that i think we need to just change american football is just now football and soccer can be
1: footy. I think that's how so we we, <laughs> we we kind of call American football gridiron because if you go to a proper like a, a real Australian football fan and I like you know I follow AFL quite a bit which isn't rugby by the way um definitely different than rugby check out I might mention this a bit later in the show um but we call American football gridiron because you don't really use your feet that much. Yeah. <laughs> no, like,
0: I like the, I like that name for it too. That's great.
1: Yeah, um but, I don't know yeah gridiron because I guess it's set out in a grid. And aggressive, um yeah. Yeah, They're and American. soccer is soccer is soccer for us as well. Um but AFL is footy. They even call rugby in Australia football, which they don't use their feet, probably use their like, feet uh, less in. I that. think
0: we I think that we need to head a council for the world to determine what we, <laughs> yeah, we, we universally call sports. We
1: do. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Maybe the Olympic committee can set something like that up. No, no, um, us. okay yeah yeah well i'm I'm happy to be part of that the sit-pop writers (laughs) (laughs) um the other thing other than meat pies i guess is that you guys really need to know australia isn't as dangerous animal wise as 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 advertised um i've heard the opposite
0: actually i have a i I have a friend whose brother does work with one of the schools out there in australia and he's like he's like you know like you have to keep like I i think he lives a little bit more rural is like yeah. you'll come home and there's like two foot spiders and i'm like that sounds
1: like hell um. yeah in the rural parts absolutely i mean in my home here and i'm i'm kind of suburban um we have what, wolf spiders um which are scary and i hate spiders man and they are scary looking mofos right <laughs> and they and they're right. quick um, but they run but you don't see them very often they're more scared of us um and we actually have snakes in our street. Um, and now i'm not really selling what i started to say did i um snakes well, just... <laughs> but and well and i think also like
0: some of the snakes and spiders are some of the most deadly in the world if i'm correct right
1: oh absolutely they are they are um but they're not like it's
0: it's not like there's just casual garden snakes that maybe will give you an irritating bite for a little bit but you put some ointment on it like
1: no well we have brown snakes that are kind of living in the suburbs because you know we keep expanding and building into their territory so of course they're gonna stay here and try and survive but yeah we do have brown snakes which i think can kill you pretty quick um like within half an hour but um they're not they kind of stay away i'm
0: scared i'm scared sitting in iowa right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm really i'm really i'm really not selling this very well (laughs) it's not all right so it's not as dangerous as you say it is
1: no it's not no it's not all that Uh, i think america even has more dangerous animals than australia in reality but you know, you, you guys are like us. You mainly live on the coast and in and in built up city areas. But yeah. you you're maybe not. You say so much in Iowa. Um, yeah. Anyway, I didn't sell that very well. I'll, I'll try. I'll try <laughs> well, <not. laughs> I mean, the
0: other thing I've heard too is that, like, uh, you know, Australia is one of the countries that has very strict gun control. Like, no, no guns oh, in yeah. the country. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it, but I've I've also just heard all the horror stories. and they're like, yeah, they don't have guns, but they just stab each other all the time. Like, oh, like yeah
1: yes Uh, yeah
0: yeah or like they get or like creative like old-timey you know like a old-timey weapons it's just like all
1: right like i would rather be shot um, than stabbed but i don't really want to be either yeah there is a lot of um stabbing yeah you're 100 right um and there's some look if people want to kill someone they will but have not having guns Right, right it's it's a sensational place to live not having guns i i see this from i think it might have been one of obama's or trump's first year of presidency and you've had like so many shootings in like you had like 30 in a month like and it's just i don't know i might be exaggerating there, but i don't know how you look Uh, well
0: but it's kind of like that point it's just like you're right if people want to kill people they're going to do it but like yeah gun's going to make it a little easier and a little
1: absolutely uh, try and make it as hard as you can
0: right exactly um I didn't. Yeah, I mean, a, I didn't mean to like, you know, like <laughs> to dark. try to downplay your point of Australia's <laughs> not as not as dangerous as people think it is. I was just, I was just yeah, trying to explain. True. Like, I've heard the opposite, so like, you know, if you if you, yeah. if you convince me, maybe I'll maybe I'll have to fly out there sometime.
1: <laughs> for, for the majority of the population, um, yeah, we're all good. But those people who live, you know, if you're in the outback or in the bush, um, then yeah, it, it's a bit more. It's a bit more of a stretch, actually. I mean, yeah, we do have dangerous animals, but they stay away from us, and we stay away from them. I think.
0: There we go. I'm just gonna if I ever make it over to Australia, I'm just gonna have you be like my personal bodyguard. Like we'll just <laughs> hang out. Like, yo, know, no if, if we're gonna go to the movie theater, then you can uh, you, you can meet me at whatever hotel I'm staying at, and uh, you can just be like, yeah, that snake's fine. That snake's fine. Oh, we got to run because there's that one. You know. Or
1: like, <laughs> yeah, that's a deal. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, well, I think we've been uh, quite a long enough time without talking about movies. You ready to do it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's let's get into it.
0: Well, let's save the big one for last. Uh, let's talk about Dune last. Uh, okay. So do you want to start with Ron's Gone Wrong or The French Dispatch?
1: Um, let's do Ron's Gone Wrong, if you like. All right.
0: Sure, let's do that. Uh, this is a new animated film um, coming out, uh, apparently. Um, I think... If I'm correct, this is theaters only, uh, at least for the states. I always try to make that caveat because I don't. I know <laughs> that things are very different in lots of. And this is again the release schedule for the states. Um, the but this is the story of Barney, an awkward middle schooler, and Ron, his new walking, talking, digitally connected device. Uh, Ron's malfunctions set against the backdrop of the social media age launched them into a journey to learn about true friendship. Uh, um, wow, well, three directors on this. Um, mm. I don't really re- recognize any of them. Same with the writers. Um, uh, but the voice cast here is pretty impressive, uh, and we'll, we'll 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 dig into that in just uh, just a little bit. Which is why I thought it was worth putting on this list. I think you'd made a note that you like never heard of this, and um, no. I, I didn't really either, but I saw this list. I didn't even know it was animated until right now because, so here's the fun part about this. Normally I try to watch these trailers before. I just didn't get around to it. Um, okay. And so I haven't seen the okay. trailer for Ron's Gone Wrong <laughs> or the French Dispatch, but mm. I feel like I can make enough of a opinion um, that it's not going to really, really do that. So, so Ron's Gone Wrong. So here's, uh, here's kind of the way that we do this. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time so for the coming attractions, um, we're going to give an anticipation scale uh, and, and, This is not to do with. uh, We're gonna take any sort of uh, external equation out of it. This is not gonna do with like if you have something going on this weekend that you can't get into, or if you like don't have you know it fit in your budget. If you've already blown your budget on cinemas, you're waiting for you know uh, whatever. If if you have and if you have every you know again lockdowns and and COVID and all that. Like let's imagine they don't exist for a minute. If you have any reason, uh, any reason that you could not to see this movie um as soon as possible um we're just gonna take those out of the way so uh so adam
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh ron's gone wrong ron's mm-hmm. gone wrong wow that's a kind of <laughs> difficult thing to say it is
1: actually
0: um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um again nothing no hindrances aside how soon do you think you would be willing to check this movie out would you go opening weekend wait for a discount night wait till you can rent it at home Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested in seeing this? Movie?
1: Um, I would probably rent. Re- wait, wait till I can rent or stream it. probably probably stream it. To be honest, because okay. um, yeah, as you as you alluded to, I hadn't. Ne- I'd never heard of this until the question was raised. Um, in pre- preparation f- for this uh, for the podcast. Um, but yeah, I checked it out, and yeah, again, as you mentioned, the cast looks pretty good, and I and I'm I'm easily brought usually bought by a, by a good cast, but I did check out the trailer and was not a fan um, because, yeah, as I said before, I'll, I'll check out a trailer of something that I'm not never heard of or completely unaware of, so it um, doesn't look awesome to me. Um, but So, yeah, despite the cast, um, yeah, I don't know what else I can add to that, to be honest.
0: I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and stick with you as well on, on streaming service, um, and it's, it's pretty much for this point. Um, for animated films, um, if it doesn't has have Disney or like a, another really reputable source behind it, like Sony's mm. been killing it recently. Mm. Um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't mm. have one of those tagged, I'm just not super interested. I mean, even Dr- DreamWorks is kind of hit or miss. I'm trying to look at like which production company this even is.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question.
0: It looks like 20th Century Fox, so it'll be released on Disney. Um, yes, which this might be a just Disney Plus original because like at least for. So, but the, anyway, this looks like it was made yes. by Fox and is now being distributed by Disney um, because of the yep. the merger. Um, uh, so it might of have been it, a
1: pre pre a pre, um, a pre uh, merger project, right?
0: Right. Um, so, so either way, even though this might have Disney on it somewhere, um, well, it's still Fox, and Fox Fox Animation is pretty was pretty unimpressive for the most part. Obviously, every studio has. Um, I'm struggling to remember a lot
1: of what Fox Animation looks like. What, what it even consists of, actually.
0: Oh, I don't think they had oh, any good. sort of consistency. Um, no,
1: I'm so not trying to give you a pop uh, quiz, um, <laughs> but I'm happy to wait 45 <laughs> days till it till it comes to till it comes to Disney Plus. Actually,
0: yeah. Uh, let's let's see. Let's see. Fox Animation Studio um, Productions. Uh, well, that's probably different. Uh, let's see. Anastasia, Prince of Egypt. Uh, oh, twentieth century animation. That's probably what, more what we're looking for. Um, yeah, yeah. So they had, they had Blue Sky Studios um, that had oh, Ice yeah. Age and Robots, yeah, okay. and the um, uh, Horton Hears a Who, and Oh Yeah um, Hears Rio. Is good. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's, it's fine. Obviously, mm-hmm. they did Simpsons movie. Um, yes. So it had some relatively.
1: Yeah, some good hits. I mean, Ice Age was a bit of a Yeah, but then they also made all the other Ice Ages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Robots yeah. is a movie that should have been better. Uh, yes. For the yeah. most part, these these Rotten Tomato aggregates are right around that, like, you either get, like, 30% or you get, like, 60 I think, the, the yeah, the highest rated one here is the Peanuts movie um, with the solid right. 87. Um, I, I'm
1: actually looking up some of these directors as well, um, and it's a bit of an odd man um, pedigree behind them. Yeah. Um, so that worked on Shaun the Sheep and Arthur Christmas and um, things like that.
0: Right. Uh, so anyway, it, to me, it's just if it doesn't really have um, dis- like Disney behind it or like Sony Animation or like a reputable studio. At this point, like it's kind of like those This streaming services. Like, you know, you have hmm. to have something um, like some stake in if you're going to try to, to launch, um, hmm. you know. So... Um, yeah, I, look with the voice cast here, we could talk about we could talk about this for a second. So we have um, uh, led by Jack Dylan Grazer, who was one of the kids. He played Eddie in It bit Chapter Two. Yeah. He's also the kid that plays in Shazam. He plays Freddy, um, and he's most recently in Luca, um, Pixar's newest. I think is still newest. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, Luca. Uh, Luca's Pixar's newest that came out on Disney Plus earlier this year. Um, so like that's a pretty impressive. Oh, he played Alberto in um, in Luca. Like that's yep. a pretty impressive resume for him It is. Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms Olivia Coleman uh, Rob Delaney Justice Smith mm. um honestly like I, I'm sure I'm sure I'm missing some of these people that I just don't necessarily recognize but like pretty the, pretty solid like top building yeah, for animation
1: yeah I agree the only other one i recognize on there is Ruby wax um, after Rob Delaney
0: oh yeah and I don't
1: um, yeah, yeah, but, I mean maybe. But I'll turn up for those key five. Absolutely.
0: Um, right. But it, I don't know. It's just it's hard. It's hard to get excited about a lot of pictures nowadays. And there's so many stars. And like, look, Olivia Colman, I would say, is an incredible actress. And uh, she um, is, man. Jack Dylan Grazer is like still young and he's had a good reputation so far. Um, Zach Galifianakis is very hit or miss, you know, like it's not, it's not like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like this is like, you know, the, the, the cast from Ocean's 11 or knives out or anything
1: like that. Um, so no, I mean, Zach in his own right, is a very funny guy, but yeah, some of his movies have, you know, <clears throat> if you don't count the hangover, what else great is, I mean, due to, I actually quite like due date more than most people, but other than that, you no, know, his other movies aren't over the top brilliant. Are they?
0: No, no, far from it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's necessarily much we can say about this. I mean, if you're no. one of those people that likes to see all the animation <laughs> stuff, then fine. If you've, if you've got a young kid, then fine. But like, uh, yeah, the, I only say streaming kind of on the caveat that it's like, yeah, if people are saying this is really good, I'll get around to it at some point, I'm sure. But I'm paid to see it. Yeah. Um, so uh, and maybe maybe before we go into the French Dispatch, we can kind of mention because you mentioned uh, trailer stuff. So like kind of what's, mm-hmm. what is your like typical routine for like whether or not you watch trailers or um
1: <clears throat> timing-wise, or anything like that. Yeah, if it's something that look, I'm, I'm a bit of, I'm a bit contradictory on this, right? So, and I'll, I'll give you, I, I don't <laughs> like to watch a trailer. I don't like to watch a trailer if it's something I know I want to watch. Like, if if a movie that I know is coming out and I know who's directing it, writing it, starring in it, I just won't watch the trailer. Um, and the French dispatch is actually a good example of that. Um, but if it's something that just kind of pops up into my field of view and go, oh, this looks interesting, I don't know what this is about, um, I'll check out the trailer. And a good one of that, a good example for that was the um, the new Paul Thomas Anderson one, Something Pizza. What the hell is that called?
0: Oh, Licorice Pizza. Licorice
1: Pizza. And that trailer to me, and I think it might have been the David Bowie soundtrack behind it, that really, I love that trailer, it was fantastic. Um and I don't know why I watch that. Um, but by and large, I won't – I'll deliberately not watch a trailer. Like I – yeah, um, I'll definitely try not to watch a trailer anyway. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like for me it's like I, I want to I want to experience a movie as much as I can. But also like I'm on Twitter enough and I follow enough people that like, like I'm just going to see things and it's going to be okay. So like mm. I, I, my, my thing is I don't want to obsessively watch them, you know, tons of times. Uh, i don't want to i don't want to think too hard about them i want to kind of give me just the smallest picture of what what i'm getting myself into and um kind of along the same lines like but but like i I typically like i'm I'm good to watch one like once when it comes out if it's a movie i'm interested in or Mm -hmm. if it's getting buzz um but uh but i but i when i go to the theaters like we'll just it doesn't matter um i don't care.
1: I think I the whole think trailer really game, yeah, and that's that's what you don't want. And, and the whole trailer game is, to me, it's quite annoying because now they release two or three trailers, and then you have people dissecting them. Oh, what did right. we miss? Or what's this mean for the movie? Let's just just shut up and wait. Is my opinion. Well, just, what are you trying to do? I used for?
0: to be one of those people that loved that. Like, I love. I used to love going to new rock stars and being like, "Oh, what are they saying about Infinity War after this?" Um, I loved it. Um, that was great. And then I just realized that, like. I don't know. I feel like sometimes it sets expectations too high or a lot of times it's like you you see a direction a movie could go and it doesn't go that way. And it winds up still being satisfying. But then you're like, oh, but I would have liked that better. It's like I just I'd I'd rather you dissect something afterwards, maybe be like, here's how the trailer showed us that, um, you know, or, you know, like after the movie itself comes out, you're like, you know, like the best example I could ever think of was that like. Um, when the Batman vs Superman trailer came out the first time, they mm-hmm. never mentioned Bruce Wayne. Like, they never called Ben Affleck mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. So, like, they were theorizing that what if he's Deathstroke? And then at the end of the oh, movie, gosh. like, it's revealed that he's not Bruce Wayne, and Christian Bale comes back. It was like that would have been the coolest thing I've ever seen in a DC <laughs> universe movie. Um, and then it far from happened. And I was like, all right, this movie—not not just for that reason alone, but that movie sucks.
1: Um, so I've oh, i i yeah, I have watched it once. I'm not into DC because they just don't make I, I, like I've never seen. I tried to watch the Justice League, the the new Zack Snyder one. I got half hour in, and I was just like no, can't do it. I just I just I, could not get past. It's just so much faff. I think yeah. Snyder. Sorry, I know I'm I know I'm on a bit of an island <laughs> in amongst this group. Um, but Snyder has his head so far up his own a hole that it just. Yeah it's oh, so pretentious and, and, and it just bugs me. It, like, it bugs me to the point where it's unwatchable. I think where I turned it off was Amy Adams walking slow motion with a coffee. I'm just like, I can't do this. I don't have four hours to spare on this rubbish. So I just gave it up. I just yeah, I think, it.
0: I've, I think I've gotten a couple of the writers to agree with me that essentially, uh, and I will die on this hill, that Zack Snyder should have been a cinematographer, not a director. Um,
1: yeah, Army of the yeah. Dead. It was Army of the Dead, the recent Netflix no, one. that. Yeah, 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 I know, but the cinematography is, and I know yeah. he probably doesn't. He did since He actually well, did he a cinematography for that, and it's stunning. And like the reason
0: Three Hundred works is because it's visually incredible. Um, mm, yeah. Absolutely. And like the reason Watchmen works is because he was given a source material that people were like, "If you mess this up, we will murder you." And like, uh, yeah, um, even know, know, like, punch. very passionate fan braces, right? Yeah, I mean, Sucker Punch. For, yeah, he's working on existing mm. source material. You know that was, and people but it looks amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. So he. And that's. I think I've gotten a couple of people to kind of um, mm. agree with me that uh, His, he he should have been a cinematographer. He is
1: he's better yeah. when he's given less he, to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's got a great eye for art, but I don't know if he has yeah. a great eye for story. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But back to back to trailers. I just wanted to mention that um, I've had plenty of experience where watched a trailer that is a bad trailer, but the movie actually turns out to be great, and vice versa, where a great trailer. And the movie is terrible, so that's kind of one thing that's turned me off watching them in, in recent years. It's just like I've kind of had some ruined experiences because of the purely because of the trailer. So uh, I try and avoid. Cool. For
0: that well, let's uh, let's move on to the French Dispatch then. Uh, this is a new Wes Anderson movie. Um... Let's see. The synopsis for this is a love letter to journalists set in the outposts of an an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch magazine, Um, obviously directed by uh, Wes Anderson um, and screenplay by him. But it looks like Jason Schwartzman and Roman -hmm. uh, Roman Coppola got some story (laughs) credits. Uh, The cast. Let's see. uh, Leah Sadeau. Uh, Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet, Christoph Waltz, Jeffrey Wright. Wow, a lot of 007 people in there. Uh, Owen Wilson, Sir mm-hmm. Cer- 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 Ronan, Elizabeth Moss, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Liev Schreiber, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, uh, Bill Murray, Benicio Del Toro, Francis McDormand, Rupert Friend, and Angelica Houston, and I am certain more. Oh, oh, the guy that plays Sam in uh, Ted Lasso. J-J-M,
1: yeah, yeah, I just noticed that myself. What a cast though, right? That is nuts. It's incredible.
0: It's incredible. It, yeah. for sure should be in contention for the uh I know the critic's choice does uh, uh like best ensemble. Like for sure. I mean Wes Anderson yeah. is notorious at doing this stuff really well. Yeah. Um let's see let's see if we're missing anybody on uh like when you expand uh Henry Winkler, Jason Schwartzman, um
1: Henry Winkler as well, my goodness.
0: I know, right? It just keeps getting better. lot I mean uh, lots of people in this time but like I'm just going oh, by Bella like names.
1: Oh, oh Bella Band as well. Um
0: Yeah. That's a really impressive cast. Um, all right, same, same scale. Opening wait. weekend, uh, discount night, rent at home, uh, st- wait till it's on a streaming service you already, already pay for or not interested in this movie.
1: Um, in short, absolutely, I would be pumped to see this an opening weekend. I've, um, I've recently, well, the last six months have had a bit of a Wes Anderson binge um, because he was a blind spot for me. So I'm super keen to see this, and especially after that list we've just, you know, read out mm-hmm. um, and it already has a you know some good buzz from Khan so um, yeah absolutely uh, opening weekend for me, for sure
0: yeah that'll it'll be opening weekend for me as well um, I, I've only seen Isle of Dogs um, Grand mm. Budapest hotel, and f- Fantastic Mr. Fox and Rushmore, um,
1: um, and they're all great, right? <laughs> they're all amazing movies.
0: Um, I think Rushmore's fine. I don't, I don't super love oh, it. Really? Um, I like it. Okay. Um, I really like Isle of Dogs. Uh, Grand Budapest mm. is my favorite, and uh, yeah. I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is a little overrated, but it's still really like, again, it's it's good. But like, I know it's a lot of people's like favorite. Um,
1: I think yours as well, right? Did you reply? Yeah, it is my favorite of his. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's a fantastic Mister Fox is a five star, near, as close to perfection as you can get for me. Um, yeah, it's like a 4 dogs. star for me. I think
0: it's really good. It's just not. Mm. I think it's a little overrated. Um, okay, and I, and I know Moonrise Kingdom is also considered one of his best.
1: I haven't seen it, so I I watched that in the last month or so, and Moonrise, I, I think it's quite it's good, but I, it's probably a weaker one for me because it's a bit. There's just some troublesome moments in there with the romance between these young kids that I thought that's kind of a bit creepy. But, um, sure. Yeah, like a bit of a bit on edge. And
0: I don't think I've seen a Wes Anderson film twice. I mean, I mentioned I love Grand Budapest. Yeah. I've been wanting to rewatch that one. I yeah. would love to rewatch Fantastic. Like, I would, I, I feel like maybe, uh, I'm hope you know, maybe this movie, like, I'll go see it and it will kind of spark me. And maybe I'll, I'll convince yeah. my wife to go see it with me, and then we'll be like, "Hey, do you want to watch his other movies? Because I can do for a rewatch of all of them. You, like they're all the yeah. same style and tone.
1: Um,
2: they are guess, very,
0: yeah. I, I think Moonrise Kingdom is probably the biggest divergence from that, but I, yeah, I don't I have right. anything to base that off. Um, but like Grand no, but Budapest, right. Fantastic Mr. Fox, Rushmore, all those like feel the same. I love dogs.
1: Yeah, um, there's a very it does have a very set tone aesthetic amongst much my- I mean, it's a bit kubrickian in that way like he's very everything is so symmetrical um and if you watch a kubrick movie like any kubrick movie shining full, full metal jacket everything is very perfectly framed um yeah and symmetrical there's not much it's it's very um picture frame like painting type of type of shots all the time um i i i know what i'm saying in my head i know i'm just not putting it out properly um but it has a very distinct, it has a very distinct style, um, where's and, and which is good. But you know, you can't overkill it sometimes. So it'd be good to see, hopefully, French Dispatch is a little bit, um, a little bit of a new venture for him, um, aesthetically.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, I love his tone too because it's very much like yeah. Taika Watiti meets Edgar yeah. Wright meets. Mm -hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson, which is, like, a really interesting combination. That is right? (laughs) But I think if you throw all those into a blender, you get Wes Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, It's, it's like, a comforting... Like, you watch these movies and it just kind of feels like a bit of a warm rug. Like, Grand Budapest gave me that type of feeling, you know, it's... So he has the
0: humor like Taika where it's a lot of like stuff that you'll notice more in rewatches um, very subtle, than yeah. the, than the first watch. Uh, mm-hmm. but he also kind of has like a quick editing style like Edgar Wright mm-hmm. uh, and a little mm-hmm. bit like fast-paced and like definitely like old school transitions that are used effectively, but also his yeah. films have a little bit of levity to them. Yep. Um like they're no, definitely right. they definitely have more to say than Shaun of the Dead or Yeah, probably not JoJo Rabbit, but
1: um. <laughs> Yeah, they have a bit more of <laughs> they have a bit more of a um A deeper theme to them, yeah. You're right, but you're right. That's a really good, good aspect, good perspective. Actually, I like, I like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think this is for the most part. If you're, if you like Wes Anderson, you're into this. If you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, um, maybe, I mean, maybe this will be a good one to get into. Um, I don't.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily one that I'd say like on board on board onto because I, I feel like you could do any of them. Um, You know, because they're all kind of the same style and tone. So I'll probably check this one out. And like I said, I hope it kind of reinvigorates me to like actually get on a Grand Budapest rewatch and actually like maybe give Rushmore another shot because I think that was my first Wes Anderson.
1: I reckon Um, you should give Fantastic Mr. Fox another watch because it took me my third watch to go, yeah, this is actually quite perfect. Um, And and I think after one watch, I was like, yeah, this is great. And I'm a big Roald Dahl fan anyway. Um, Oh, yeah. Read read everything as a kid of his. Um, But when I saw Mr. Fox, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, But the third time I watched it pretty recently, I was like, yeah, this is perfect. So hopefully every well, watch will lift it up for you. It's
0: also not like he has a super extensive filmography. He has 21 credits to his name, but mm. half of them are mm-hmm. shorts. So like, the only ones mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned are Bottle Rockets, Royal Tannenbaums, Life Aquatic, yep. Darjean Limited, uh, and um, uh, no, that's it. Because um, yep. the rest of them are short. So like, and, and I know there's a lot of love for Bottle Rocket and Rotana Bombs and Life Aquatic. I know Darjean yeah. Limited is one of those like really under the radar, but I think people that have seen it really like it. Um, but like it's, yeah. it's maybe a 10-film maybe a filmography. And uh will well, count of the 1, 2, 3, 4,
1: 5, 6,
0: 7. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have that stuck in my head for a week now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this will movies- be
0: a 10th. This will be his tenth, so like oh, it's right, it's man. not a it's not a massive, not like you're trying to go back and like do a Spielberg or Denis Villeneuve or you know um, some director oh, yeah. with some gonna... filmography.
1: Yeah, Dan Jelling is one that's on my list. I need to watch, and and same with Bottle Rocket. But I've seen the I've seen all of his others, um, and I don't. I need to give them a rewatch. Life Aquatic, especially, because I remember just hating that. <laughs> I think
0: people did when it came out, but I think people have kind of come around on it.
1: Yeah. So. Um, and he's got another one coming out, I'd say, but we probably shouldn't talk about Oh, my God, the casting the new one, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now I need to look. Scarlet uh, Margot and Tom Hanks. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Oof. Jeffrey uh, Wright again. Jeffrey uh, Wright, Adrian
0: Brody, told us and Brian right. Cranston, Lee Shriver, Bill Murray, oh Rupert Friend, Matt Dillon, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Davis. Davis. So got it. Uh, and the guy that plays Flash in Spider-Man. Cool. Uh, yeah.
1: My goodness. All he right. Was <laughs> Yeah. All right, I'm sold. No trailers for that. One, I don't, I don't
0: know how he convinces all these people to take like relatively small roles. Like if these yeah. people don't take small roles. Anyway, um, I think it's the Tom Hanks doesn't take cheering. supporting roles anymore.
1: Um, no, I hope he's a bad guy. Oh, Tom needs to be a bad guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah look, it's. It, Again, I don't know how much more there's to say. You're either either on mm-hmm. board or you're not. Um, there's yep. nothing necessarily looking groundbreaking here. Um, um, and then, uh, and then Dune. Um, and I mm. don't, I don't know how much time I want to spend on this because I feel like mm-hmm. the discourse that we've been talking about Dune for so very long. Like I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, My anticipation level has consistently gone down for this movie, uh, and then up a little bit, yeah. and then down. On the reverse,
2: um, yeah.
0: <laughs> it just feels like people are so excited about this. And I've been like, Oh, I should be excited about this because everybody's excited about this. Mm. And then like the trailer didn't do much for me the first time. And then it was like the more that I've like, you know, but like, it's, it's hard to deny again. Talk about it. All right. So written and directed by Denis Villeneuve, a couple of the writing credits as well. Um, So not, not to that. But Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, um, Javier Bardem, um, Dave Bautista, uh, the guy, I can't pronounce his name, but he plays, um polka dot man in suicide squad. Um, uh, Charlotte, um, Ransink, um David Desmalkian. Yeah. yeah Desmalkian. That's, that's
2: yeah.
0: it. I always just look at it and it just looks intimidating. <laughs> um, yes. yeah. So it, what an incredible cast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, l- yeah. most of these people, like you could consider a listers. um, mm. Rebecca Ferguson has earned yeah. her where, where she's yeah. gotten in, in her career. Oscar Isaac is an A-lister. Jason Momoa has shown that he could be a lot more than his introductory character, Jason Momoa. Obviously, Stellan Skarsgård is terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Brolin is an A-lister. Javier Bardem, um, absolutely. Um, Bautista's even shown that he can do some good stuff. Um, you'll, have uh, have to, you'll have to jog my memory of, on that. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner 2049 specifically. Uh, okay. The one yeah. that I would point to. Okay. Um, because uh, he was given more than, he was given big intimidating thug, but like big intimidating thug yeah. that's being intimidated because he's trying to be compassionate was a really interesting vibe for him. Uh, and Zendaya is like a national treasure, mm. so. Uh, yeah.
1: But sh- between Chalamet and Zendaya, like the two hottest properties in Hollywood at the moment, probably, right? Uh, young properties, I'll say.
0: Um, I mean, gosh, I, th- I think there's an interesting argument with Chalamet. Um, it just depends. Um, uh, and I have very conflicted feelings on him. I, I think um, he's a tool and I don't <laughs> think I like, I don't think I like him at all. All the stories I've read about him, uh, all I'm the wrong. things I see about him, the way that he is in interviews, all that. I'm just like, I just yeah. don't like this guy. He doesn't is look he like bit, a likable guy,
1: but like, it's hard to deny. Me? um, is he been what? He's a bit like uh, an Ed Norton type of character, or
0: yeah, well, yeah, uh, a little bit, um, but also like um, I've not just... seen much of him. I'm... I- I'm looking at his filmography too. Um, yeah, he... Little Women's
1: probably I... about the only thing I've really well, apart from Interstellar, but he's not in there for much. But
0: right, I-, I think that's the same for me too. But I know he's most known for Call Me by Your Name, that really put him on mm. the map, and then um, and then Lady Bird coming out uh, the same yeah. year. Um, and then beautiful boy the next year and, uh, and then little women. Um, so like he's, I've only, I've only seen him in little, he's, he's a good actor. Like the, you can't yeah. take that away. He just looks, He just feels like somebody that I just hate down to my core. Um, <laughs> I understand it, it feels, it feels <laughs> like he, it feels like he, his career blew up and then all of a sudden he, he knew that he was hot shit and he just, he, like, yeah he believes yeah, his own he,
1: press. He's yeah
0: Exactly. To- um, totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. So like, and honestly, he's the biggest negative for me for doing, so we, we, we can wow. go ahead and do our official ratings. Um, I, as far as my excitement level, um, I'm on like the high side of rent this at home. Obviously there's no way I'm mm. seeing this at home for my first time. Um, uh, I'm going to go see it in IMAX, um, at, at some point, not opening night. Um, but like, mm. I'll probably go see it on the weekend. Cause I asked my wife if she wants to go. She's like, I'll go watch Zendaya on the big screen. I'm like, cool. Um, and, uh, uh, and I was like, I can't fault that, you know, uh, I don't think no. she has any interest in the property and I don't have any history with the property. I've never seen the original movies. I, I read the first chapter of the book, which is maybe like four pages and it, it it's a lot going on. I just think I need a frame of reference to get my mind. And so I'm going to read the book after I see the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't not see this on a big screen. Um, I, I won't be seeing it on HBO Max, at least for a first viewing. Uh, but it, I, I just can't. Get behind this, but every time I see that trailer in the theater and that amazing (laughs) Hans Zimmer score playing and that really like talented vocalist that's that's singing and she's got just that little bit of like grunge in her voice, uh, even though she's singing like what feels like tribal ritual. Oh, it gets me every time. (laughs) Uh, um, So when I'm watching the trailer, I'm like,
1: "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, this is one I did see the trailer for, and that's what kind of made me pique my interest more than, more than it was because I know nothing about June, um, yeah. Dune, Um Dune. i never seen the original and from all reports, the original is pretty terrible. Um, yeah. From what I understand. But it's um, based so off, it's off pretty,
0: of source material that's universally beloved for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sci-fi yeah, fans, absolutely
1: you know. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely understand that side of it, but I, yeah, for me, I don't need to see this in a big screen. I, I have a, decent enough set up at home to be able to um, wait until I can see it in, you know, HDR, Dolby Vision and and so forth. So I'll, I'll wait till I can rent or stream it, um, honestly, because my last cinema experience um, at my local cinema was Shen chi and I felt like I was kind of watching an upscale Blu-ray. Um, mm. The sound was great, but at home my picture is much better on my TV at home than it, than it was at the cinema, so I'm happy to wait for this one. Um, as excited as I am to see it because Denny Villeneuve, Kind of has my number a bit, to be honest, with the yeah, me he too. Does. Um He's very impressive, um, but yeah, I'm happy to wait. Can't there, put it there's way. also
0: the other element that, like, this is intentionally a part one. Um, this is supposed yeah. to be, I, I believe, just two parts. I don't think it's supposed to be much longer. Hmm. Um, but so, like, it's hard to get excited about a movie that you deliberately know ends, like, yeah. kind of in the middle, and not in a way that's like. It's 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 like this. It's like um, whenever they announce that the Harry Potter, like part one and part two, mm-hmm. Harry Potter fans, I wasn't one at the time. I'm still not really much of one. Uh, like, everyone. how do you get excited about part one when you know that part two is the battle mm-hmm. at Hogwarts? Um, or how do you get excited yeah. about Mockingjay part one when you know that uh, anything of course. substance is going to happen in part <laughs> two? Or like, you know, where I yeah. felt very differently about Avengers Infinity War. Um, well, yeah. That's but but that's because I knew that they were going to end it with the snap. So like, uh, you know, that's different, but like for all intents and they're not marketing this as part one. That's the weird thing. Like mm. only like, only like, like, cause it's just called Dune, not Dune part one. And it doesn't, it's just like, so I, th- I think this movie is going to get like a lot of people go in to see it. And they're going to be so disappointed because they're like, that wasn't complete. And, but, and, well, and they haven't started filming part two. It's still in pre-production and, and yeah, if, was, if this tanks, then I'm sure that they can, um, decide to pull the plug on part two. Uh, do
1: you reckon they, well, look, hopefully they do make it a bit more of a, um, an infinity war. So I make it a complete movie, right? That's, that's what you want to see. Like well, otherwise. And we're, we're,
0: it we're, very well might do that, you know? Yeah. Um, I just don't know, but it's kind of hard to get excited about knowing that they only made it... Because the other thing about Infinity War and Endgame was they filmed them back-to-back, so it's like,
2: mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. well, you get
0: excited. They've they've crafted one big story, and like they haven't even started filming Dune. So we're not getting Dune 3 until at least 2020... Or Dune 2 until at least 2023,
2: um, yeah. which is... Yeah. Anyway.
1: Well, it's not that far away when you think about it, but if you say summer 2023, summer your time, um, yeah, 18 months... I, I, mean, I think I
0: think even if it goes according perfectly to schedule as of right now, I think it's going to get pushed back. I mean, a movie this big of a scale—it's currently only in pre-production. Yeah. You got to imagine that's a long film, um, especially mm-hmm. with all those names. Uh, you got to imagine there's a long post-production history here. Um, I I, yeah, I yeah. see I see delays in the future, um, um, even yeah. even even without another pandemic. You know, you might
1: well be very right, to be honest. He's, well looking at Villeneuve he's actually got a, he's actually doing the TV miniseries in pre-production before Dune 2 so right and and a Dune TV series the Sisterhood okay oh that's the one I saw
0: was is just doing
1: the Sisterhood is the Sun right. the other one uh yeah you've got Dune the Sun Dune 2 The Sisterhood, and then okay. he's doing doing a Cleopatra remake which uh be fascinating
0: no the the Sun is not a Dune thing it's just a miniseries. got it but right. but Dune the Sisterhood is a TV series uh-huh. Um, well, and you mentioned Villeneuve. You're right. He he, absolutely. You stick his name on anything, and I'm going to get excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blade, Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival are both in my top 20 movies of all time. Arrival's like six, yep. and Blade Runner 2049 is like 19. Uh, Sicario is incredible. Um, yes. I really like Enemy, um, but it's one of those movies that you have to think about. Watch watch a video explaining it for as long as the movie is, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Prisoners is incredible as well. I love him, love his <laughs> filmography.
1: Prisoners uh, is stunning, and I've got I've got Incendies to watch on. It's been on my list for a while. And I know. Incendies is going to be one of those movies, and when I watch it, go, Why did I wait so long to watch this? Um, yeah, same. So yeah, keen for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just hard not to be excited about anything when he produces movies as. You you talk about perfect time travel movies, Arrival.
1: Mm. I mean, yeah. brilliant. Arrival just that is that is mind boggling. And I wanted to say something else there, but I don't want to make you edit stuff. But it's um, <laughs> it, yeah, I've, I've seen Arrival twice, and I still don't know that I fully understand it. But I love that. That's what I, that's that's one of the things that I loved about Twelve Monkeys. It took me five times to properly understand where I mm-hmm. was in the timeline. And Arrival is going to take me something similar, I think. And and I love that about movies that you know. People go, look. I've had people say, to me, "Why do you watch a movie twice? Why, why would you watch a movie twice?" It's like, well, why would you listen to a song twice? Because you get more out of it every time you you know watch it or listen In to movies, it. Some movies, yeah, yeah.
0: Not not yeah. the case for every movie necessarily.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I reckon you get more something like. If I think automatically, my head goes back to The Hangover, where I went into watching The Hangover after so much buzz and expecting so much greatness, and I was really underwhelmed. But then I watched it again a few years after, and I really loved it.
0: Um, well, I, I, what I mean to say is more like the only reason to rewatch a Fast and Furious movie is uh, for the, yes. is for the thrill that you get while watching it. You're not necessarily going to pick new
1: things, but that
0: is itself a reason worth watching. Um, but you're not getting but, more but out then, of it. I see what
1: you're saying. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and and or the, but like I want to relive that feeling. That's why I watched hmm. several of them. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, it's yeah. Um, not every movie needs to be watched, but I yeah, I could not think of just watching blade runner 2049 only once um or arrival only once or <sighs> knives out only once uh, talk about oh, films that yeah. get better every time you watch them yeah um that's
2: live.
1: so i love knives out yeah. it's one of my old times yeah. and i need to <laughs> so so you're
0: official you're like streaming level excited for this so like not not very yeah. much at all
1: cool. um oh no i wouldn't say very much i'm happy to wait until it comes to streaming, and I, and when I see it, because we don't have, well, we don't have HBO Max in Australia, so I don't right. know how we'll get that. It might come to another service which I don't have because their image quality is very poor. Um, so I just I'm not paying the money to give me bad quality stuff. Um, so I'll figure it out somewhere. I'll, we'll probably rent it before Christmas, so maybe then. Cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, and they've already announced the 4K release is coming out in January. Um, at least, again, okay. like in the states. Um, yeah, but you know that it'll hit that twenty dollar rent on Vudu before then, and that yeah. uh, you know typically you can buy it on Vudu before it's available, like um, to buy a physical of. But
1: um, yeah, that's a shame because physical. We need to we need to stick to physical quite a bit. Well, and not
0: only really that, but like you're talking like a, a movie like Dune. Like I know Denis Villeneuve is like you have to see it in the theater, uh, mm. he's begging people not to see it in HBO Max at this point. Um, yeah, uh, like. You um but he, like, I think at this point he's willing to be like, "I'll pay for your movie ticket if you just go see it in the theater instead of on HBO Max." Really? I mean, I don't. I feel like he, like, he is that way. I don't obviously don't think he's actually doing that, but like,
1: nah. Well, the cynic in me was that because he's going to make more money from it, I guess with his with his back end. Well, but I think he also he's like,
0: I made this film for the big screen. You know, something like Mm -hmm. Prisoners. Like mm. you, you could watch prisoners for the first time at home and have the same experience oh, yeah. that you did in a the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like, gosh, can you imagine, I could not imagine seeing Blade Runner 2049 at home for the first time. And honestly, it's the best looking 4k disc I've ever seen. Um, right. it's by far my favorite yeah. 4k disc. Um, I have it
1: on digital. So I have it on your yeah, 4k HDR and digital and that's, um, impressive enough. So yeah. I, um, stunning.
0: Yeah, uh, but it just doesn't compare to the theater experience. Um, Put deacons behind it, and it's just like. Um, so yeah, that's 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 fair. So I mean, I, I yeah, and I feel like, gosh, if you're if you're not, if your first time you're going to see this movie is when it's available at home, like like mm. buffering issues, and if you, like I don't have gigabit internet, and until I do, until I have fiber, like right, and if, if, and, not, and even when I do, a 4K disc will always look better than a 4K, yes. disc yeah, disc yeah, and like
1: yeah, for a lot of movies it just doesn't matter, but for Dune it does. Uh, yes you, you, you're right and I, I need to get on that way and i just need to get myself a 4k player but um until they until they build one that gives me what i want then i'm not going to do it so um, yeah but you, you're right the 4k discs definitely look better than 4k streaming so uh, yeah. yeah
0: well uh wow we've spent quite a lot of time talking about these uh these and, and all the intro stuff—that's fine. Uh, which, is, which is kind of okay because uh, look, I I haven't seen a lot of TV. We'll we'll, we'll transition to the sip topic. I really haven't seen a lot of TV this month. Um, really, uh, the, um, the the main reasons for that is is a couple things. Number one, last week for the podcast, um, I had to watch five Superman movies, and oh, really? there's only one short one, um, <laughs> and they're like you know it's it's a lot on my schedule, um, and then. Uh, um, not only that, but with No Time to Die coming out, I saw No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Plus, I rewatched Quantum of Solace and Spectre. So, mm-hmm. like, that also eats up time. Plus, we're talking it's the start of NHL ice hockey season. <laughs> um, and so, I've been watching the preseason games, and the season opener was the night before. Look, I just, I've chosen to just fill my time with other things. Um, so, I haven't seen very much. Um, so, I don't have much to contribute. Um, but I do have Absolutely. a couple things, um, just, um, that, yeah, I, I have a little bit, but for the most part, this is just going to be you telling telling me about stuff that is inevitably going to have to go on my queue. Yeah, um, I think, I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and just kind of stroll through my stuff cause it's really quick and then we could just like, <coughs> go on for a while. Uh, okay. but first, uh, but first we got to talk about subscriptions for a little bit. I think it's important to know, hmm. um, kind of what you have access to, uh, just so like, I, I, I think it's perfect just to like, say like. Um you know, like I don't I don't pay for showtime I probably never will. So I you'll never hear mm. me talk about something like Ray Donovan. Um okay. until I inevitably buy the Blu-rays at some point. Um so kinda like what's your what's your pool? What are you working with? Um
1: yeah. Um yeah, so I guess I stream of my services are Netflix, which I guess is common for everyone. Uh Disney Plus, yeah. uh Amazon Prime Nobody Man. pays for no. Netflix, but everybody has it. <laughs> oh, I pay for it, trust me. Uh, oh you're like the first yeah, person. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't have um I don't have people to leech off, unfortunately. Um, but my new, probably my favorite at the moment, is Apple TV because they're just putting out hit after hit, and it's phenomenal. Um, and when you
0: also talk about the price point for Apple TV, it's only five bucks, like uh, five bucks a month. Like, it's, yeah. my my, I missed canceling my free trial after binging the first season of Ted Lasso and Wolf Walkers back in December, um, and then I was just like not mad. So, <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah, and that's uh, look, I had it for. When it first came out, because I brought an, uh, an Apple device, I had to buy my kids iPads for school. So I got it for free for 12 months. I think they gave it to everyone for 12 months, and then which extended into almost two years um, because yeah. it just kept extending it. And as they kept extending it, new stuff kept coming. And I just kept watching it and thought, okay, well, I'm keeping this now. Um, because well, they, I mean, they were smart about it. They gave... Look,
0: everybody buys an Apple product. like at some point. I mean, hmm. not me. Like I'm literally the only person uh, <laughs> that didn't buy a new Apple pro- product in the last two years. But like, they're smart about it. They give it to you for yeah. a year, and they release stuff mm. like Ted Lasso and Wolf Walkers. And yeah, I can't imagine not having access to Ted Lasso anymore. Um,
1: Ted Lasso was—it's a revelation of of a TV show, right? The spe- season one, especially. I mean, I think I don't think season two hits the highs of season one. Um, although it's pretty close. But it's it's a phenomenal show, and you hear people talking, and I love hearing people talk about it now um, because it's like feels like one of those discoveries that I made by myself, and now everyone's catching on. And it's um, it's a gem. It's just such a heartwarming gem of a show. Lasso. Um, it's it's um, I don't know what more you can say about it. Um, great performances as performances as well. Um, I think. Juno you know, Temple is quite fantastic in Ted Lasso.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, she's, I was talking with somebody, uh, Jake actually, self writer Jake, mm-hmm. um, and he just binged all of Ted Lasso. And he's like, why is nobody talking about Keeley? And it's like, well, mm. here's here's the progression that happened with the show. Um, everybody expected to laugh the show off. And then it was yeah. amazing. And they're yeah. like, oh, this is written really well. And Jake Jason Sudeikis is the most charming man in the world.
2: Yeah. And then,
0: <laughs> and, and then once people got over that shock, all of a sudden, now you have um, uh, getting into Rebecca and realizing Rebecca is not just a cold, stoneless witch. But you start to see her mm-hmm. progression for the next couple of episodes, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, you fall in love with Roy Kent, and nobody saw that coming. Uh, <laughs> and and you even have like coach like the intrigue that Coach Beard brings in there for a little bit. It's like the problem yeah. is Keely's been consistently incredible throughout, and yes. she just never necessarily got her moment that people all of a sudden realized it. Uh, maybe until season 2
1: she's um, the she's the continual through line through all the characters stories through all their through all their arcs she's the continual through line if you have their arcs sorry um, you know just drawing a squiggle with my finger there but Keely's the steady one that just flows through all of them and well cause the she um,
0: interacts with ted, with ted but honestly yeah. not very much um, cause she interacts with the players more and especially like getting her more involved with Sam this year, like them having more conversations like, yeah, she really is the through line for everything. And gosh, I, yeah. I think that her and Rebecca are, Power couple, uh, um, they're also
1: awesome to watch together, right? Like, <laughs> I would love
0: uh, the show, could be like starring them, not Ted, and I'd be okay with it. They could have
1: their own spin off easily. Um, but as long as Higgins tags along, right? Higgins needs to be <laughs> as long as every
0: now and then they open a closet and Higgins is in there, working. <laughs> <are awesome>. uh, <laughs> or every now and then we just hear Roy grunt in the background, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just behind um, the gosh, uh. All right, yeah, let's 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 do it because Ted Lasso is the one I want to talk about the most. Now, I, I think that look, it's been out long enough. It's been a week and a half since it's aired. I think we can go ahead and talk spoilers. If you if you don't want to know spoilers, uh, then you can just fast forward. That's fine. Uh, but my <laughs> my week rule has has ended, so um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, okay, uh, Ted Lasso, you're right. For, season one was better than two, uh, but I have come to respect so much what season two did because <laughs> Ted. Ted was probably like in Ted was for sure the focus of season one, but they managed to establish themselves so well in season one that he had significantly less screen time in season two Yeah, um, and got to wrestle with a lot more serious things. But like you didn't, I didn't care because anytime they would cut to Ted, I'd be like, no, go back to Sam uh, or go back to Isaac or like, (laughs) you know, or like, um, you know, like I, I like Jamie now. Like he's finally a person that I can root for. Like, let me, let me, let me wrestle with that for a little bit, or like, yeah. please, for the love of God, show me more Keely and Rebecca, like,
1: um yeah, or, or show I, me Higgins. Even uh, I think the biggest key of season two is Nate, Nate's, um, Nate's arc turning from. Oh, I always well, even in, in season one I was like he's a bit of a bit of a douche, um, but in season two he definitely cements that for me. Like he's just this underlying fire beneath him that you just go, this, I just can't trust this guy. And it well, came out and it was great. And you're right. Well, in season one,
0: he's that guy that's finally given a shot and you, you can't help but root for him. But as soon oh, as as yeah. as soon as they hire Colin and you can see he starts bossing him around and he's like, no, you don't do it this way. You do it that way. Like mm-hmm. you start to get some red flags. But, yes. but all of season two, you're right. He's not a likable. And I was so hoping that he was going to be redeemable and that they, he was going to either recognize his own stupid ways <laughs> or Mm. he was going to like have a a moment that essentially some gave him a firm kick in the pants. Um, I I was so hoping that they were going to set up some big redemption kind of like they did with Rebecca, but I'm so happy they didn't.
1: I Um, love they Didn't I love that. They didn't because the last, the last final,
0: like 15 seconds of Ted Lasso season two are freaking brilliant. Yep. Um, And now you know exactly how the finale is going to go. And, uh, the only thing that saddens me is they said they've said it's only going to be three seasons. But I'm curious, do we get a spinoff or two? Uh, like, uh, I love that they're going to tell their story and be gone. But like, they can't they can't not have a Sam Obasanya, You know, uh, mm. they could easily have a, a show where Sam is the main character. They could easily have a show where uh, where we get like Rebecca and Keely more, or or Keely and Roy mm. even. Uh, mm. They could, they they've set up so many well loved characters that like it's this is just. Ted's journey with these characters. Yeah. And absolutely. And maybe at the end of season three he moves back home and reconciles with his wife or doesn't. Maybe maybe he takes the Rebecca's best friend and takes her to America and they live happily ever after. Uh or he they might, just live um, in the UK happily after after.
1: I don't, might, I don't know. They, he might get his job at he might they might get promoted to hit to Man, Man United or something, like a bigger team. Who knows? Um but season three is definitely set up very well. Um we were talking about Nate. Nate. Um, I was kind of upset, uh, actively when I was watching it. I was saying to myself, I, "I don't like what they're doing with Nate. I don't like they're making him the villain." Me but too. By the end of it, in 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 retrospect, after watching you know the last episode and then thinking about it, it's like, I actually quite, really quite love that. I, I love that a lot. <laughs> now I think I think his reasoning is a little bit off. Um...
0: Like I I can't quite buy into that but that's also the point. We are not supposed to understand Nate. We're not supposed to um we're not supposed to sympathize with him at the end. I, I don't think. Um in that in that moment where he explains to Ted what's going on because he explains he's like you um he, he explains to him he's like when I came, when you showed up, you were the first person that ever gave me attention and you listened mm-hmm. to me and mm-hmm. it was great. And then you just kind of stopped and it's like you big baby. Like that's uh no, I get it. I get it. Don't we all want that, especially from somebody like Ted Lasso? Like yeah. I understand that. But at the same time, like
1: He's he, talking about he, his yeah. father there though, really. He's really talking to his dad. Yes, yes, absolutely. He's, 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 yeah, he's trying he's doing everything to, to impress his dad, because his dad's not impressed by any even getting that that table in the restaurant at that by the window, you know, that, that well, type of thing. And
0: so just, that's so that's the thing. Like I understand where he's coming from.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I really do. And I really
0: like... I think the show is set up like... It's believable that Nate would feel that way. But yeah. as a viewer, is what I'm trying to... As a viewer, um, you don't... You don't understand... I, I don't particularly understand Nate's feelings. Now, you're right. He's talking about his dad and all that. But like that makes sense for the character in the show. But as somebody who's kind of removed, you're like... I, I, I'm i not quite sure they completely sold it for me. Um, yeah. but, but I think that's probably the point. Because there's no way... They end the show without Ted and Nate reconciling. Um,
1: there's, there's no way. Yeah, you probably. And do you know what? They're going to have a face-off in a fi- in a final game of the year where one yeah, of the teams. Yeah, that's it. That's going to be that's going to be the last episode of season three. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's probably going to be Ted's team relegating Nate's team.
1: Is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. It's a, look, and that's the thing. Even when you think about the players on the team, the way they develop their character, um, it's just. It's just so well done. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of people to, to take into consideration when you're writing a show like that, and but the way they handle it is so. It's just I don't I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it before. Just just the writing yeah. quality and the way everything is so well thought out. Um, it's yeah, it's it's beautiful to see. It really is. I was thinking about this
0: today, actually. Um, I think Ted Lasso is officially my second favorite comedy of all time, like comedy TV show. Yeah. Um, wow. Well,
1: I, I can understand I can, that.
0: Well, and we'll have to see how season three ends. You know, it's always a caveat for Mm -hmm. running shows. But, like, it used to be, for me, Scrubs number one, Parks and Rec number two. And um, um, I would put, um, like, How I Met Your Mother and Brooklyn Nine-Nine kind of in those, like, four four or five spots. Um, I think there's certainly arguments to be made for, uh, like, I I think The League is a top ten show for me. Uh, Like, certainly some really good arguments. But, like... and look part of this like i've mentioned this before i knew i loved ted lasso the second i knew it was so good the second that i that it says created by and it's by bill lawrence which is creator of scrubs which is still my favorite comedy mm. of all time and and you realize because bill is interested in stories and characters but he also has a really interesting sense of humor that just gets me yeah um now i but then i was thinking like parks and rec like had it had a Really high spot, and it ran on that for a couple of seasons and ended really high. But it took them a while to get there, and you know, even yeah. you could say the same thing like Brooklyn Nine Nine, like like is ha- definitely has some low points, um, you know. But I- I'm willing to say Ted Lasso is my second favorite TV comedy of all time.
1: Okay, that's um, that's a big call, uh, especially with it what is. you've mentioned. But you- you'd have to sell me more on Parks and Rec to be honest. Um, I-, I don't mind Parks and Rec, but for me, it's a very sub part of the office but quite a margin because it's almost the same show but the office does it much better for me um
0: it's it's all about the characters i don't like any of the characters in the office i don't want to root for any of them uh, wow even
1: jim and pan
0: <laughs> no 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 because if you take if you take the like fun lovable you know quirkiness of jim and how he's the most sane in that office he's still a manipulative sociopath um, <laughs> i don't i don't really you, want him you, to succeed you, he's, he's a he's a bad wrong. husband yeah. um he's a bad husband he's a bad coworker. um he he's but but he's also like a normal person in an mm. office full of
2: no, a normal, normal
0: people you know <laughs> yeah. um so it's a, you're I, I think the comedy works much better in parks and Rec as well um and
1: yeah it's something I need to give a rewatch to for sure i mean i saw it once but i, I remember it taking me until at least halfway through season three to to get it um to yeah get, exactly you on, i mean you, that's the, you everybody's know,
0: experience once you yeah. introduce adam lowe and rob scott and you kick out mm-hmm. Brandanowitz, everybody everybody's happy yeah um so but you're right it's yeah. precisely because the first season and a half two seasons are you know it to me to me it just the highs were so, th- three through seven were incredible um yeah. very very yeah. few episodes that were misses uh um, i'll have to do that again i
1: will little while yeah. to add it back to the back to my list Let's make um, a couple of Ted
0: Lasso uh, like predictions for season three. Uh, do you think that oh. Roy and Keeley end up together or break up?
1: Oh, man, that's so interesting with her yeah, sending sending him away on that trip. I, I think they break up. I I, I be the bit of the pessimist in me, <laughs> but I kind of hope they break up in a way. I mean, okay, I'll go back. They've hinted, I think they've they hinted at it several break, times. I think they will 100% break up. They might get back together, you know. It'll be that rom com -com get back together by the second last episode or something. They probably, I I would hope to see, and I don't want to see this Hollywood cliche stuff. That's what makes me love stuff when it's not this cliche. So I don't want to see them get back together and happily married and get married, you know, happily ever after get married type of thing. I don't want to see that. I maybe want to see them break up and that be the end of it, honestly. Um, and, And, they, then they go off and live their lives. She becomes successful in her own company that she's building and blah-de-blah. Blah. Um, good question, though. But that's what I'd like to see.
0: Okay. Um, I, I don't know that I want necessarily a super cheesy one, but I feel like the only thing missing out of Roy and Keeley, at least like from their perspective, is, uh, is some sort of commitment. Um, because they seem to be really mm-hmm. happy when they're with each other and they seem to talk fondly about each other. But, mm-hmm. you know, when uh, – um, as soon as Roy's like, I'm going to go away for six weeks. Are you going to come with me? she's like, I can't. He's like, are we mm. breaking up? Like mm. if, if you, if you have a, if you have a commitment they there's, they're solid. Um, And I, and I feel like they're both really supportive of each other. Like where, where that article comes out and, and there's no pictures of Roy in it. And he just supports her. And he kind of goes to the diamond dogs later. He's like, Oh, like that, like that really kind of bothered me, but she just looks so good. Like yeah. Roy understands. He's like, Caring individual, he he really cares for Keely. I I wonder if if the if the if the pilot of or if the first episode of season three is not Roy and Ted. They spend a little time and they return <laughs> and Roy proposes. Um, okay, I wonder now. I, just because he proposes doesn't mean Keeley says yes. Um, yeah. For, for me, they're certainly, go- they're certainly going to have rough patches, but I, I think the one thing they're missing is commitment. And they've been
1: pretty obvious about that. I th- yeah. And I think Roy, Roy is the one that has the self doubt. He's the one that always thinks that she's too good for him um, because he's mm-hmm. like this gruff football player and an and, and, and angry man. So he's the one that has that underlying current of self doubt that has the potential to, to split them up to break them up because he's going to become either too needy, too clingy, or too, too, he'll have a jealous streak, I guess, um, even though he didn't show up when Nate made it. But he showed the jealous streak when Jamie says, you know, told her that he loved her at the funeral. So he's definitely got his self-doubt there, and I think that's what's going to end up breaking them up.
0: Okay. Um, uh, what about Sam and Rebecca? What's their future? <sighs>
1: That's a weird one too, because that age gap, right? Um,
0: <laughs> but that's the only thing separating them.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it is, but I don't buy them as I, I buy Keely and Roy as a couple. I don't know that uh-huh. I buy Sam and Rebecca as a couple. And um, when you see them together, and, and it's, uh, I just don't see, I don't see the chemistry. I think um, the same as you do with Roy and Keely. Um So I don't. But know.
0: also, but also, like I think, I think the show's been pretty deliberate about showing you that because the second they realize who they're talking to, they have incredible chemistry when it just shows them on banter. Absolutely, but as soon yeah, as they get together, yeah. and then now there's that lingering, like, oh, it's my boss, and she's significantly older than me. Mm. And also a completely different, like, or, like, you know, Sam's from Africa, like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, diff- and, very different and she's from, cultures. Like, yeah, so, like, I I kind of am totally team of for them getting together. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that the show's going to do it. Um, no, no. Uh, I I like, I I really want it to be, but, and here's the other thing too. I, I, I'm a big fan of scrubs. So like, I know that like the way Bill Lawrence thinks, and this isn't Mm going to be like friends or how I met your mother, where everybody's going to have to be married and happy move on. There's going to be romances you love that don't work out. There's going to be romances that you really want to happen that don't like where the the ending of the show is going to be completely satisfying by not being completely satisfying and by leaving (laughs) a lot of open doors. That's what Bill Lawrence does. I hope so. That's good um okay uh and what about um um
1: what is uh what is ted's future i think he just i think depends what happens with the team so would the team be relegated again or would they climb up the ladder and start winning some more games now that they're gelling year together but but does ted
0: stay coast does, does Ted stay coaching in Richmond or does he move back to the States? Does he go back to coaching college yeah. football? This, does this he coach American can... football in the UK? Does he like stay there but teach American wow, football?
1: That's a good perspective. Um, my guess is that he'll. one of the last scenes will be him jumping on a plane, going back home. Because he misses his boy too much, like he has his kids, and and from personal experience, that's that's tough being away from your kids. It's especially for that amount of time. He'll go. I think one hundred percent he has to go. He has to go back. Um, I want him to go coach soccer in the states and bring Sassy with him. Sassy, is that the Rebecca's friend that
0: he's hooked up with every time that they? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yes. Sorry, yes. Because Um, they're the perfect kind of
0: of Ted is fun loving Hmm. and and. Pretty spontaneous, but also can mm-hmm. be very serious. And Sassy is is a perfect like I reckless know, is know. what I would call her character. And Ted is grounded <laughs> enough. Uh, I think they I, <laughs> I, love I, am, that. I am here for them.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, but, agree. But, I agree. But I think
0: moving back to the States and have him teach soccer in the States. Uh, hmm. have him coach soccer in the States, not go back to American football. But he might go to LA um, Galaxy
1: or something. I don't I don't know any other soccer teams you have in America. <laughs>
0: But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, only because I grew up near Chicago. I know the Chicago Fire, but that's it. But like, right. you know, somewhere that has to be reasonably close enough to see for him to see his kid.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and I like that. I hope that I think that's a really good prediction, and I think and I hope that actually plays out. I build on. And then, and then, if if he leaves, <laughs> do they do they announce who's
0: taking over? Like, does Coach Beard stay with Jane and Beard takes over? Nah, I uh, Roy stays. Beard go with them. Does Does Roy stay and become head coach? Do they bring back Nate? <laughs> still, I, was, I was about to say, like, do they bring back Nate? No, I do I they? Roy... Do they have it be Roy and Nate, or does maybe does Higgins... Well, no, Higgins. They have not showed him to be like very knowledgeable in the sport. No, no, um, he's. Or or um, maybe no, do we Roy... have another like injury or something? You know, does you know does Isaac get injured? And um, like, we don't really have an old guy on the team anymore. Um, yo,
1: yeah, it's um. But look, there's a lot of potential. I guess is the is the is the moral of that story. There's there's lots that can happen. Um, I reckon Roy will stay on to coach the team though, because that's where he, you know, that's kind of his baby. That's his home. Um, yeah. Ted will go, Roy will stay. I think. I don't know what. I don't know what's. I think Beard's with, gonna uh,
0: stay. Uh yeah, I because Beard might,
1: because yeah. Beard followed him,
0: but now that he has Jane, that's a whole extra variable. And like they've kind of played well, they won't they. But like Beard always goes back to her. Um, it- and they've shown yeah, how toxic yeah. that is, but like, maybe they figure yeah. it out in season three.
1: Um, yeah, I think, I think you could be right there. I mean, that bottle episode showed well enough, Like Beard's bottle episode showed well enough that he enjoys his time in London. Um, you know, he enjoys spending time there and drinking and, you know, just getting about town. So I think he could definitely stay for sure.
0: All right. Very last question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can talk about a different show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do we see Dr. Sharon in season three?
1: No, I think she's gone. Nope.
2: No, okay. Yeah.
0: I think we will get a one episode, almost like a cameo, and it will be when Ted is making his decision um, on kind of what he wants his future to look like. And if we're right, if he mm. moves back to the states, um, sh- he will go to her, um, and we'll get either a voiceover or we'll get like them at the pub, um, and and one of them will do another clever say goodbye without saying goodbye. Um, he
1: might take her with him. You think he's going to take Sharon to the states? He could do. Why not? I mean, what what is she? What's she doing? She's not. She has, has no other attachments there. No ties. So
0: no, no. Uh, no, I mean, but like family, obviously, all that. Um, I, I mean, it definitely wouldn't be as a romantic gesture.
1: No, but. no, 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 no. It'd be purely, purely work related because she sees the right. What she did. I, I, I eventually came to like her addition to this, to season yes, 2 like, me too. I wasn't a I wasn't a fan initially but no but but, but
0: especially but, that episode where we see her get hit by the bike and we see like a mm. bunch of open bottles of wine around and we like kind of realize like I it's it's hard it's hard for me to believe that they would set all that up and not give us a little bit extra resolution for that character but again mm. talking about Bill Lawrence running the show a mm. guy who would love to do something like that and then you get to kind of fill in your stories cuz like my my favorite thing about Scrubs is that our main character JD plays this will they won't there with with um, Elliot mm. for this whole show, and they just start to date again in the last season, and it kind of ends with how he m- imagines his future to go. Like he sees a like a projector showing him how he believes his life wants, like how he wants his life to go. But we're also meant to like this is a fantasy. This is a. Yeah. Like there is no guarantees in any of this. They're not engaged or anything. They he has a kid with a different woman. Like, nice. um, he, Bill like, and to me, it was a brilliant ending. And then they made another season with a time jump, and they kind of answer all your questions, and it ruins the show finale. But, um, so like, I think that that there, there was that we're not going to have any. Uh, uh, we're not going to have all the answers. But. <sighs> no, but I think we'll see Doctor Sharon in one episode. Yeah, it's, it's a that was
1: a it's a good thought experiment to be honest. To to think about what will happen next year, um, assuming it's going to come next year anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all
0: right, well, let's move on uh, some other stuff, uh, and we could just run run through some of this. Uh, the stuff mm-hmm. I, I'm really not watching much else, um, um, although one thing which we will say for the end um, yep. uh, of this. So, what's your? What are some other things uh, that you've
1: been catching up? Um, look, I'll, I'll stick with. Well, okay, I was, was going to say I'll stick with. Apple TV, but um, I'm going to actually say Only Murders in the Building first because I am adoring that show. It is. Uh, yep. I, I'm not sure if you had a chance to check it out. Um, but I, No, it's on my queue. Yeah, definitely pump it up the queue as quick as you can, I reckon, because it's just, I don't know, there's so much great greatness about it. Um, for one thing, I, I've never been a fan of Martin Short. I always thought he was overrated and I always think he was a bit of a try hard comedian. People seem to think he's the best, the funniest guy in America. Um, I would hardly disagree with that, but in Only Murders in the Building, he is fantastic. Steve Martin is great as as you'd expect. And um, Selena Gomez is also, she's very good, but I don't know whether she's playing the character or whether it's just her, but she doesn't, it's weird watching her act um, because she seems very stilted, very, and I don't know whether it's just the character, or whether it's her. So uh, for me, it's kind of hard to tell whether she's doing a, a great job or just a good job. But I do like what she's doing, if that makes any sense at all. Um, yes, <laughs> she's. Um, but then you've got your, your your side players as well. It's, it's such a great show. Um, it's quite. There is a nice little bottle episode, again, quite inventive, where it's told from the, the perspective... Uh, should we, Should I spoil anything like this? Any, I, I can I can maybe say it without spoiling it. It's basically told from the perspective of a deaf person, um, and there's literally zero dialogue. Yes, I've, he- I've
0: heard about this, yeah. Yeah, it's,
1: there's, there's zero dialogue in the entire episode. And even when the people who who are hearing people and, and speak um, are together, there's still... Dead silence, and then maybe you're just mouthing or, or miming to each other, or um, maybe a subtitle here and there. But it's such a, it was such a really inventive episode um, that that I really enjoyed. But um, overall, yeah, yeah, only murders in the building is fantastic.
0: Yeah, this is one that I'm going to get around to. Yeah, um, at um, some
1: point, just needing to do it. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go at least one more then, because um, I think. If, especially if you're a science fiction fan and you have Apple TV, if you're not watching Foundation, then I'd be pumping that up the queue as well. Yeah, that's on my queue for sure. Um, yeah. It's, that it's, trailer um, looked so good. It, it is... Because obviously it's based, on, it's based on three, I think, books of Isaac Asimov, and it's set in different periods of time, like hundreds of years apart. And initially I was kind of struggling to know where I was up to. Um, but again, not trying to spoil it, but it's... Um, Fundamentally, the Empire is crumbling. Uh, what's predicted to crumble, um, a certain group of people are sent to another planet to set up a foundation that will, I guess, eventually not make the Empire crumble. Um, I might be wrong on that. I'm sure I'll get corrected somewhere down the track. Um, but the way it skips time and, and the characters that it introduces, and it's, it's it looks stunning. The production values on this are just bonkers crazy. It's, um, it's beautiful to look at. It's very well played, um, and it's very uh, deep. I will say, um, there's a lot of lot of metaphor, a lot of lot of um, lot of great themes throughout. That uh, we're only halfway through, but there's a, a new episode will come today, actually, as we speak. Um, so very keen to see the end of that, but very also keen to sell it to other people, especially sci-fi fans. Um, yeah, jump on! It's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm really
1: excited to see this
0: one. Uh, let me just let me just ask you about a couple of these since we talked for a while. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, I, I watched the first two episodes of Mr. Corman, and I haven't gone back, um, mm-hmm. not because I don't want to, but because I, w- I I just got busy and then like I wasn't really sure where the show was going. Um, mm. I- is the show going somewhere? Um, should okay. Should I pick it back up? Um, I, I
1: really I really love that question because I actually had just uh, a bit of a conversation with Shane. Um, Conto, one of our, you know, you, obviously you know Shane. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, an obligatory it, mention that Shane is a bad man. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah it's anytime his name days. comes up. <laughs> um, but the show is—it's like there is a through line, but each episode is all, also kind of like an anthology. It's—it's it's kind of like an anthology series, um, and it's quite um, what's the word inventive? Is I'm sick of using the word inventive, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's very. Um, it's very new, and you can see a lot of the a lot of Joseph Gordon Levitt. He directs and writes a lot of the, most of the episode, not all of them. Yeah. Um, but you see a lot of his hit record um, type of style come into it. So there are, are some. This is definitely some backdrops of um, fan content. I guess or hit record contributor content um, that you'll see through it. Um, there's definitely an overall, an overall arc and it's mainly to do with family, um, and he, his family, his parents, and there's a great episode where we meet his dad. Um, and when I was watching it (laughs) and I said this to Shane as well, um, when I was watching this, it actually might not have been shown it was one of my other friends, watching this episode and seeing this guy, seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt with his dad and I'm thinking, who is this actor? He's fan- I've never seen this guy before. He's like this older-looking guy with a beard, scraggly-looking, like he's an alcoholic. And I'm like, this guy is fantastic. Where'd they pull him up from? And then I looked at who it was and I did not recognise. It's, it's Hugo Weaving. Um, if, if oh, I nice. And he, I did not recognise him and I was like, who is was this guy? I've never seen him before in my life. He's such a great actor. His performance is fantastic. And then I go, holy shit, pardon me, it's, it's, it's Hugo Weaving. I, can't, I couldn't, I can't believe that I didn't recognise him. And as soon as I, I had to rewind it to go, oh, my God, it actually is Hugo Weaving. To had to watch the scenes again to figure it out. Um, but that was probably the highlight episode for me. Um, but it's just kind of a, an anthology story about this guy, especially um, – does get to a part when COVID hits, um, which you probably should keep watching for, because he gets quite this anxiety about COVID, and he's already having panic attacks and so forth. So, um yeah, there's a, a, a I don't know that it handles mental health brilliantly, but it certainly brings it up and gives us something to deal with through throughout the entire his his entire arc. Um, but each episode is also kind of its own thing as well its own singular item so it's it's, it's a really interesting show just for that reason
0: good um all right i'll give it another shot um like it, yep. it's getting it's not for lack of interest it's just it's fell wrong. off and it, yeah. it wasn't an exciting show you know
1: no it's not um, it's not something exciting and i kind of watched it because i'm a completer so if i started i have to finish it um but i'm glad i did all
0: right let, let's talk about three more tell me about uh rosehaven
1: rosehaven yeah okay um I'm not sure you guys get this anywhere in America, but it's on Amazon. Well, it's on for me. I watch it on Amazon. It's on other other places in Australia, but it's um, it's basically two comedians and it's set in Tasmania, where I'm from, but not the area in Tasmania where I'm from. Um, he's basically a real estate agent. He grew up in this small town in Tasmania, moved to Melbourne, what, what Tasmanians called the mainland. Um, which is the obviously the big island, and he goes back to Tasmania because his mum's sick and had, looks after her real estate agency down there. And basically, um, facing all the problems that you face because he was he's a he's a redhead and he's kind of pasty and puny and he was bullied at school, so he kind of goes back and faces all those demons um, that he grew up with. Um, and it's um, it's kind of low key funny. Like it's, it's, it's Australians don't do comedy with laugh tracks, so it's not that type of show. It's kind of a single camera. Um, Subtle, subtle British style—I wouldn't even say British style humor—but it's it might help you know the US people relate to how to to what the show's like. Um Yeah, it's just some subtle, subtle humor coming through, and it's um yeah, it's pretty it's a pretty fun show actually. Uh, yeah, I checked. It is not available in the states. Yeah, so. uh, sad day. That's, one day,
0: one day. I look at Wellington Paranormal came, so maybe one day we'll get more
1: more. Yeah, new. I hope so. It's uh, on um, shows. Yeah, it's on our version of PBS. Like it's on ABC over here, which is a government-funded um, network um, in Australia. So, um, yeah, you might be able to get it somewhere down the track.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is HYPBA?
1: Okay, this is something you definitely should check out, even on YouTube. Okay, um, it's you might not get it being that it's Australian-centric, the humour, but it's have you been paying attention? It's basically a news panel show. Um, we have five. Australian comedians sit in a panel and they basically are asked questions by a host um, with the intent that they tell jokes to these questions. So they ask them quite leading questions about news through the week. And um, it's frigging hilarious. (laughs) Long story short, it's about the only network TV show I watch. Um, I don't watch any type of network TV apart from this. Um, It is on a network that's owned by CBS now. Um, So it might be on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know if you would have that. It might be on Paramount Plus in America. Okay. Um, if it's on anything, that's what it would be on. Otherwise, I would Remind highly recommend... Remind me the name again? Uh, have you been paying attention? Okay. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of other international versions. I think they've sold it to New Zealand and Cyprus, funny, funnily enough. Um, but, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of that. It's um, it's a must-watch for me every week.
0: I can't even find it on uh,
1: Just Watch. So. Uh, right. Uh. Okay. Not well, You probably see some clips on YouTube um, and, and a lot of the, look, even though it's kind of, it's not always based on Australian news, it is a lot of international news in there and they play stupid games through there as well and there's a great banter back with the host, like they stir the host up and it's just, because they're all mates, they're all friends in real life, so um, yeah, it's just great just watching them interact and just tell stupid jokes and, you know... <laughs> Yeah, it's I looked at the Paramount Plus
0: app, but it's not out there. Yeah, yeah, I'd be really interested in this. Um, yeah, look, and we got to talk, yeah. talk about Squid Game. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we world. probably should, huh?
1: Hey? The phenomenon that oh. it is.
0: I've seen the first two episodes, so we can't talk about mm-hmm. anything past then. You can tell me, like, your observations, but, like, don't, don't spoil anything from you past, past the first two episodes. Yeah, um, and I watched up. them this afternoon because ah. the world is talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. I had to make time. Um, That's and fun my right. plan is I'm going to finish Squid Game and then I'm going to move on to um, uh, do the Sopranos. Um, okay. Because I started that in like March um, or something like that. So I'm wow. going to go do the Sopranos and um, <coughs> then I'll find something else kind of as
1: I get the tail end. Um. Um, yeah, I guess, long story short, Squid Games is one of those FOMO shows, right? You've kind of got to watch it, um, which is basically the re- I mean, I love I love Korean stuff anyway. What they put out is I, I love most of what they generate. Um, so I'm super glad i watched it so um yeah i don't know what you're right it is a
0: it is a fear of missing out it is a um really this is the perfect example of netflix should release these things weekly because we would all be talking about squid games for so long <coughs> like there's so many people that aren't going to commit to nine hours right now but they would commit mm-hmm. to one hour a week for nine weeks mm-hmm. um anyway um yeah you're right you're right uh but uh, but also at the same time um there's uh um, this is really interesting and um yeah this is one of those one that like everybody hops on on Netflix and everybody's like oh this is incredible and like it actually is really good. Uh, I'm not willing to say it's incredible. Yeah. Um, yes. It's, it's, it's really good. It's it's a very entertaining watch. Um, not
1: <clears throat> not being disparaging it's it's Netflix incredible because Netflix do put out some very average stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's a good way to say. It. Um yeah. And the, and a lot of the stuff they come out with is just like you people watch this crap. Um and you people <laughs> yeah. like love it. how is this oh, t- no. top ten trending, you know? Oh, no. Um oh, no. you know. The, this is this is uh <laughs> this is fun. I mean it, it's it's gotta be overhyped by this point, um, because everybody's watching it. But I don't know that anybody's like over the moon about it. I think everybody's just like, no. Wow, this is solid. And yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's solid.
1: It's- it's different, I guess, and, and look again. It has great production values. It's bright and it's shiny, and yes, it's for the most part it's very well performed. And there are some quite emotional moments later on as you go. Um, yeah, I hear. I'm going to bawl my eyes out at the end of episode six. Yeah, um, you won't. You won't cry. I was angry. I was angry when you get to episode six. <laughs> All
0: right, I might. Um, I might angry cry then. Because um, this one character, <laughs>
1: there's one character in that show, you just want to. You, know, you want to punch him. They just. Worst I know exactly who you're talking about because they <laughs> because it's I this feels
0: like it was written in the 80s and then just buried somewhere <laughs> and somebody dug it up because like you have like oh classic bad guy has a tattoo of a snake on his neck.
1: Oh no, it's, it's not that st- guy, it's not that guy. Oh wow, it's not that guy, although you hate him, but you'll hate him by episode eight, nine, maybe the spoilers it's spoilers. I mean no you hate
0: him in the beginning like he's he's very clearly yeah. clearly set up to be a douchebag like it just fe- it just feels like the script was in a box somewhere and they're like oh this is actually good it's um, such a great It's you know, cuz like yo
2: know, new a great uh, observation new new uh uh you
0: know, our, our protagonist is like dealing with you know, child wellness issues, and uh, or yeah. that child child custody issues. Well, yeah, and, like yeah, and it's not uh, going well, and he's a bum, and he's a deadbeat, so he probably doesn't <laughs> deserve it. But we're gonna make you think yeah. he deserves it by the end. It um, takes it
1: takes us a while to find out why he's in that situation, though. But um, it's um, yeah,
0: yeah, it's um, well, and one of the other things I appreciate too is this show could have also very easily been very much like um like Hunger Games or. Like saw Hmm. or escape room or some of those where you're like um, where they put you in and then you have these trials and it's one one to the next to the next to the next and Mm. it's I don't think it's a spoiler to say you get a game in the first episode and then episode two doesn't have a game in it um, at all
1: and (sighs) episode two is the one I'm gonna we'll spoil episode two because episode two is the one where they decide to to leave right
0: correct and and, like that's the Uh, other thing too it's not even they're just it's not even just they're stuck on this island, but you see all these people go back to their normal <laughs> lives. And then like, you know, obviously if the show is going to continue, they'll have to come back at some point. But mm. like, um, yeah. you know, so like uh, there wasn't really any stakes. Like if, if this was a week to week or if this was like, uh, uh, you know, if they had not announced how many episodes they were going to be. And cause Netflix also does like two part movies or whatever like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe I'd have bought into a little bit more of It's like, there's just no stakes here, but like they do a good job kind of setting up why these characters would want to go back. And I was honestly thinking they're just going to cheat this because everybody's going to vote and at the end they're going to say yeah but also 255 people died in the first time and that was already (laughs) a majority like i thought they were going to do that and they'd be like yeah majority doesn't win but uh you know i thought they were going to do that but they didn't and uh really interesting i I really thought that it was going to be kind of a like uh one of those like serialized you know kind of like csis like a crime of the week or you know, oh, X okay. X Files or whatever is kind of like a monster a week. I thought this right. was going to be like trap of the week. It's not, and it's and it's no, better for
1: it. It is. It is definitely better for that. Um, and I think that's some of the reasons it might work. One of the things that you, that you mentioned was that you know it might be a bit of a throwback to the '80s, um, which people obviously love. Um, yeah. And plus it's also great. I mean, at
0: least at least the first trap is in the daytime, so you can see what's going on. It's very yeah, refreshing. Yeah. Not like, you know, half of the Hunger Games movies or all of Battle Royale or where you kind of can't quite tell what's going on. Uh,
1: well, it's also related to costumes. Yeah, uh, well, that's a, and that's another thing. It's the shock there's a lot of shock value. Um Yeah. And, and during October, spooky spooky season, um it's probably a good time for it to be released as well, right? So, um Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's grabbed it's latched onto the zeitgeist kind of like Tiger King did last year. Um, Netflix seem to get one a year, don't they? So this must be their one this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right,
0: well, let's move on to kind of what's your what what are the things that are on your queue? Like what are the tippy top like uh, uh, your list of shame stuff
1: that I want to watch? <clears throat>
0: yeah, um, yeah. Just just throw a couple out there.
1: Yeah, um, probably. Um, I really want to watch for- Look, I watched the first episode of Firefly many years ago, and I really want to watch that. And it's there, and it's one of those shows that bugs me that I haven't watched it yet. Um, so I'll have to get to that. And that's only one season, so it's going to be easier. I, have, I even brought the Blu-ray, the follow-up movie, which I've never seen, in preparation to watch it. And I never have. So Firefly is definitely yeah, at the top um, of the list.
0: Yeah, it's really good. The pilot is pretty boring because it's a lot of setup, um, But everything right. after the pilot is stellar.
1: Okay, that, that's that's good to know. Um the next one would be um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, but I'm finding it really hard. I don't know if they're in the fifth or sixth season of that right now, so I, I don't know if I'll ever get to watch it, but it's something I really want to watch. Um, the Expanse, being a bit of a sci-fi fan, um, I've heard mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen that. but that, No, that one, but I've, I've heard good things. Yeah, um, so that's definitely up there as well. Um, other than that, I really, because um, it's only, again, a short run these scream queens and i don't know why i want to see that but it just looks enticing to me to, to check out so um <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get on to that at some point too might be might be something i start pretty soon actually
0: cool yeah i also see you have uh sopranos on here like i already mentioned and secession so yes. secession was the other one i was thinking like i might watch that between um squid game and um uh sopranos just because like it's it's two seasons 10 episodes Mm. um and season three is getting ready to premiere so i'm uh, but i'm also i'm almost wondering too like could i just watch all of the sopranos and then just watch all of season one two three in one chunk um which i think is probably the route i'm gonna go so yeah
1: it's a good way to watch those shows and i don't even know if succession is on anything for me to to stream it in australia it might be on something i don't have um, well, it's on
0: sort of HBO it in the states, so whatever, uh, whatever you get all your HBO content from. Yeah,
1: um, yep, yeah, that's binge. That's this thing called binge. Here. That's the one that I was mentioning. That has the really bad image quality. Um, mm, very that's a bad shame, bit, right? Yeah. Do they is,
0: release like, like, do they release like discs versions of that, like to at least fix, like, help with that? Like, do they uh, release like a secession Blu-ray or a Watchmen Blu-ray or anything like probably. that?
1: Probably. Probably, I've not looked them up to be honest, because that's look. I, I love what we do in the shadows, the TV show as well. But I haven't watched yeah, yeah. any of season three because it's on the, the service. I just don't. I just I can't get it because I, I got it for I've free. Only,
0: I've only seen the first episode because, and I love it. I really love that show. I just oh, yeah. I've been really busy. Um, yeah, yeah, choosing to dedicate my my other times with. Um, all right, and what's your favorite show of all time?
1: My Favorite. My absolute favorite show of all time is Breaking Bad, um, uh, by quite a margin. I don't know that anything comes close to it for me because, but I've never, as you said, I've never seen Sopranos, which people say is theirs or even the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. um, but Breaking Bad was watching that transformation <laughs> of Walter is, uh, and Jesse. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see,
0: even though that like, you know, people across, um, the, the borders, uh, people halfway across the world are also like, yeah, like the thing is amazing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and what's your one hot take?
1: My one hot take is Apple TV. Um, the as in the 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 content, the quality of their content and the quality of their service, as in image and sound, everything is in Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. Um, all their original stuff and everything I've seen on there, which is a bit, is just it, it's it's a it's everything I've seen is a must see to watch. Like there's nothing I've watched on there that I've gone. Uh, maybe apart from Cherry, the movie that came out earlier in the year, but um, yeah, Cherry's awful. <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah a bit pretentious, but um, other than that, it's it's a spectacular service to have, and, and as you said, it's like six bucks a month in America. I think it's eight eight dollars in Australia. Um, it's got my favorite movie of the year on it, Coda. Coda, yeah, yeah, that's that's high on my list. Sadly, I still yeah. haven't watched it. I'm, I'm doing a first watch only October, so I'm not watching any repeat movies in October. So I think Coder will come up soon cool. for me. Yeah, Perfect. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's honestly, I, I can't sell Apple TV enough.
0: My, my hot take is maybe more of a prediction um, than a hot take, uh, but I have to do these every month, so that's fine. Um, hmm. I think that uh, within the coming year, we will see a, a merger of two streaming services. Oh. Um, we're going to see we're going to see the complete content rights of one of them bought out by another um, or by some sort of other conglomerate. So um, the smart money is on Amazon because they're currently or not, not Amazon. The smart money is that Amazon or Disney will buy one of the other ones. Um, yes, the yeah. smart money or the, the the smart money says HBO, because since at and is currently mm-hmm. in the process of being bought out by Discovery, would they be willing to sell their streaming assets to Disney or Amazon? And then, Now, I don't think that means HBO Max is going away. Um, I just think that it would be more a subsidiary. Now, can you imagine Disney Plus, or Disney having Disney Plus, which is primarily for their you know, kiddos, and then Hulu's would be their PG-13 slash mm-hmm. here are other networks that license out their shows for you, and having HBO, which also, since AT&T does, uh, um, does live TV, they would be a suitable... Um, Like ATT does TV, Um, or maybe maybe do we see Comcast buy them? And since Comcast already owns Peacock, do we just kind of see them merge HBO Max and Peacock? Um, Yeah, that's fascinating. uh, I think I think I I think uh, like business wise, HBO is the most vulnerable to get getting bought out now, um, which hmm. is a shame because it's the best streaming service out there. Um, But also with, with with, to me, HBO Max, absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, um, they make the best original content, and they have the best like licensing out, buying other shows. Uh, From a purely
1: like selfish point of view, I would love to see Amazon buy them, so then we can get that a lot of that stuff here in Australia. Another
0: that- another reason for them to buy them, yeah um for sure uh the other thing would be uh the other thing is i think that paramount plus is completely failing to live up to what subscriptions are because nobody's talking about anything on paramount plus um i don't think they have many subscribers i think that they ran a promo in march that was like buy a year for 60 dollars, which was over half off i think they tried to do apple's approach because i because i did but i've opened up the app like three times um and i've watched very little on it so but aren't
1: they aren't they releasing a movie every week? So I would have nope. thought, like new, no no? Nope. Okay.
0: Nope. Or if they are they're stuff that nobody wants to see. Um so <laughs> I think I think in terms of like content and all that. Now the problem is Paramount is a larger corporation. They're probably like they probably pitched it as like we're gonna lose a lot of money in the front end, but let us build it up build up a reputation like Apple. Let mm-hmm. us offer a massive sale that people can't say no to, and then uh yeah. the, I I, I won't be renewing my subscription i don't think anybody else that i know will be um so i to me it feels like paramount is the easy fold-in one but i wonder i mean yeah. you got to think peacock wants more more stuff too so for peacock to like uh which is owned by Nbc which is um uh comcast owns them i believe um to me it just makes sense um
1: There's a e- either of money Com-
0: comcast amazon or disney buying up um the hbo portion in the discovery yeah. merger
1: there's a lot of money being thrown around out there. Oh, Paramount Plus just launched in Australia like a month or two ago. So I guess they've got – I don't know if they're launching anywhere else in the world, but um, I, we don't see Peacock in Australia. I don't even know where NBC stuff is in Australia. Yeah. I know, I yeah. Think, yeah, I've got no idea. Um, well, I hear a lot of it just goes to Netflix. Um, yeah, yeah, we have. We have uh, the office the, on Netflix here. Um, the
0: problem is that in the States, we just – we've everybody wanted to get on the Netflix game – And everybody Mm -hmm. wanted to like, hey, instead of, you know, instead of, uh, you know, having Netflix pay us $100 million for Friends, let's just launch our own. And then everybody will come over to us to watch Friends. Peacock did the same thing with uh, The Office and all that. And it's like, they're losing some money. But at the same time, like they're by keeping the license to some of their shows, they're like, well, if people want to watch The Office, they'll pay for Peacock. And they have. Um, So I think that uh, but now the problem is there's been so many that people are common households are going to have two maybe three uh there's too many of them some of them are going to start to get absorbed or merged so uh my my hot take is we will see one within a year um and i think you're right from an objective standpoint it seems like hbo max is the easiest to acquire but paramount is got to be considering shopping all their content
1: yeah Um, yeah i think so. so um it's um yeah it's a very saturated market some someone survival of the fittest someone has to go so yep um yeah for our b plot
0: this week we're gonna do a tv series that you think might be really good movies uh i have three listed down because i have you, you I saw you listed three down as well um mm-hmm. I, these could be also pretty quick um number one for me is i think the haunting of bly manor would be would make a better tv show because it's only like an eight or nine part uh, hour long and i think mike flanagan's brilliant i um, mm-hmm. really loved haunting a hill house but I think Bly Manor could have gotten. It'd have to be like a two and a half hour movie. Um, but honestly, if it's releasing on Netflix, I don't think they would be super objective to that. I mean, HBO just released the Snyder cut, but it was like four and a half hours. Um, right. But yeah. I, I think I think there was probably a little bit too much that we didn't quite need um, in mm. Bly Manor. And uh, tri- trim it by half, and that would have been fine. So. Yeah.
1: Um, uh,
0: what about you? What, what's one of yours?
1: Uh, lost. I think. Pure and simple, I think Lost was – I loved Lost. I was obsessed by Lost, like freakishly obsessed, and it kind of ultimately disappointed. And I think because it was forced to be dragged out by the network, um, I think even Lindelof and Cuse came out and said that they didn't want it to go as long as it did. So I think it would make a great trilogy of movies, if not two, um, in that shortened format. That would be my – that would be a big wish. If they were going to remake a TV series as a movie – Love to see Lost get done and rewritten by Lindelof and Cuse again. Cool. Yeah, I mean as long as Lindelof's involved. um, Mm.
0: Yeah, Mm. Um, I'll I'll say Gotham. Um, Mm -hmm. Gotham was a really interesting promise, uh, promising thing, and I stopped watching like at the end of season one. Um, What an interesting promise to go to a world where there's only young Bruce Wayne, not Batman. Uh, but you, yeah. you get to follow Gordon and get get to follow a lot of these villains who are getting their origin stories that Batman fights later. Really interesting promise. The biggest problem was that they failed to understand most of the villains they were introducing. Um, and specifically, Victor Az was completely different. And I don't know if their, their intention was, we're going to make them very different and then grow them into the character. You know, I don't think that's the case. I think they just had some incompetent people in charge. Um, yeah. So, um, but I think, I think the idea of like a young James Gordon movie, um, and you get you really get to focus on one or two, maybe Victor's Az would be perfect for that. Um, I think that'd make a better movie. So,
1: okay. Hey, I've never, never had the chance to see Gotham.
0: Yeah. I, I don't regret not picking, picking it back up. Hmm. So, uh, what's another one you got?
1: Um, another one for me, um, I'd love to see, well, as movies, final seasons that were never made—that say so TV, a couple of comedies that weren't seen to the end—and that would be My Name Is Earl and The Last Man on Earth. I'd love to see final seasons of those uh, as a movie would be perfect. the would be ideal to see. So, um, for the simple fact that yeah, I love both of those shows. They're both for me um, hilarious um, and never got resolved properly and. and you know, the, the the guys who wrote them or the people that have the written them have actually come out and said what the endings could possibly be. Or, um, yeah, I just want to see that, basically. Cool.
0: Uh, my last one is a show I never saw. Um, it, I'll see Designated Survivor. This is the like top 12 people or whatever killed in, in an attack on the White House and some and mm. some guy is all of a sudden now the acting president of the United States. Yep. Um, it's a great premise. Look, I... Great premise. Absolutely. Um, but I don't, it was just one of those, I don't know. And I didn't watch the show, so I can't really say like, I I just feel like that's a great premise for like a two and a half hour action political thriller. Um, you just kind of open up with a bang and, and, and then like get to your story and you, and you leave a lot of things unresolved and that's fine. Um, uh, but I, especially because like it ran for a while. Like it was like 24 episodes, the first season, like 12, the second season, and then Netflix picked it up for a third. Mm. Um, and, and it ended the, And just like, that's, I mean, I get it. This premise could go for a long time, but like, I don't, I don't know that you need it to. So, um, yeah, if it was I'd a movie, agree. I'd have seen it by now.
1: So yep. oh, yeah, I agree. I remember when it came out, i went to saddle on Netflix. Oh yeah, I'd have to watch that. And I, and again, I've never have. But, but it seems interesting to me, but I, it's just too much, too much to yeah. get into do you have any others or are you good? Um yeah, no, that's we can move on from there. Maybe some British comedies, but that's that's fine. Um I've, yeah.
0: Yes. This was a lot harder than I thought. Um it is. and I was even yeah. having to like normally I don't do it, but I I had to google this question to kind of see and it looked like um uh the uh, the big consensus was uh that heroes on NBC should have been uh, a yes. instead of a TV. Yeah. Show. Which I never yeah. saw, heroes, so I can't speak to that.
1: Oh, I remember watching the, um, it was part of the first season, and I liked it, and then I just fell off. I just never right. kept watching it. Well, yeah. and the thing that
0: killed heroes was the writer strike. It started right as the writer strike, mm. and so yes. all, they they got off to an incredible start, and then writer strike killed, really killed, a lot killed of things, the quality of that show. Yeah, lots mm. of things. Uh, so that just leads us to the spin spinoff. Um, so mm. uh, Adam, what is that one thing in pop culture that you're just dying to tell people they should check out or stay away from?
1: Um. Well, especially for the American, the largely American audience that probably be listening to this, uh, Formula One. Um, yeah, it's Formula One and film are my two passions. So um, I've already been talking about film and whatever. So let's talk about Formula One. Um, a, a good way, <laughs> a good way for you guys to be introduced to it is a, a Netflix series um, called Drive to Survive, which is basically three seasons in at the moment. Um, a great introduction, and it has brought in a lot more fans of Formula One. Um, especially from the U.S., which is a big market for the sport, um, to the fact now that there's actually the next race is in Austin, Texas. Um, they're having a Miami race start next year. Um, and there's also talk of them having a third race in Las Vegas. Um, that's been Ooh. on the – yeah, that's been on the – back through the strip. They actually want to race through the strip, can you believe? Um, but that's been on the burner for quite a while, so I think there's some – Things being worked out there for that, but um, this this year has been kind of a bit of a, a bit of an epic year in in the title chase as well. We've got six races to go, and the two leaders. Um, we've got a seven time world champion who is going for his eighth title, and. He's probably the the literal goat of the sport, um, Lewis Hamilton, um, and he's having it stuck to him finally by someone in a different car, um, Max Verstappen, a Dutch guy um, who is probably the quickest driver in in the in the sport at the moment. And um, there's only six points separating them with six races to go, and the lead in the championship swapped like six or seven times. They've had a couple of clashes on track, which have been controversial. It's been an epic season just for the championship fight um yeah it's uh, so season four of drive to survive next year is going to be quite interesting for you guys who don't know f1 or um or don't or, or follow it casually even um to be honest so yeah we could probably do another 10 hour podcast with me talking about <laughs> formula one honestly um it'd, it'd be great to go on about it but um yeah highly recommend Please check out Drive to Survive. It will it will make you a fan um, of the sport, and because it gets in behind behind the scenes of the drivers and who they are, and also the teams and the and the guys who run the team. Um, it's funny, and it's exciting. It's fun. It's um, action packed. A lot of drama as well. It's a very cool. very interesting sport. Cool.
0: Um, my spinoff is going to be a movie that I've already talked about on the podcast, um, but uh, we did a mini review for it. It's uh, the Nighthouse. Uh, this is a horror thriller that came out earlier this year starring Rebecca Hall and she is brilliant in it. Um, and I want to just give it some extra love because I feel like this is a movie that everybody forgot about. Um, and it is finally hitting. Um, it is currently on paid VOD. And by the time this episode releases, it will have just released on uh, uh Blu-ray. It came out yesterday by the time this released. Um, so please, like if you haven't seen it, I really love this movie. It's my second favorite film of 2021 so far. Wow. Um, and I don't really like horrors, horror films that much. Um, it's more of a thriller, but it definitely has horror elements. Um, I love this movie. Um, and I, I think that it just needs a little love um, by some people, some more people seeing it. So um, The Night House will be coming out. Uh, it's currently available by the time this airs on uh, your, your video on demand services or so your Vudu or iTunes or whatever. Um, yeah. And should be available for Blu-ray for wherever you pick those up. Again, at least in the states, but I think that at least like home release is pretty, um pretty, pretty like standard.
1: Um, I've seen this on so. on um, I've seen this on my iTunes recently, so I'm gonna I might rent that and check that out. It's
0: really good. Um, yeah, yeah, and like I, I said, it's like more of do. a th- more of a thriller than a horror, but uh, definitely still has some horror elements.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit lucky. I'm not really a massive horror fan, but a good one will get me every time. So, um, yeah, yeah, cool.
0: So uh, there you go. There's your stuff. But we did it, Adam. We did a podcast. Yeah, um, we
1: did. My uh, first one.
0: Th- your first one?
1: Nice. My very first. You never forget your first, Aaron. <laughs>
0: that's what they say <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well quick reminder that Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA network you can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player uh, You want to, if you want to connect with the show or uh, me you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Swite, SwiteCastle uh, or follow Sip Pop on Twitter you can DM either of those we'll be happy to field your questions um, take submissions for the vplot um, lots of different various things um uh, but uh, that's what you can, ways you can connect with me in the show. Adam, uh, Where's where are ways that people connect with you and talk talk about F1 with you
1: while they <laughs> if, if you want to talk about F1, um, it'd be on Twitter. So I'm just at Curb Rider, um which is a racing-related handle that I have. Um, mm-hmm. um, and uh, for film, um, I'm on Letterboxd, pretty prolific on Letterboxd now. Um, since I joined the writing crew, I joined Letterboxd um, in May, so mm-hmm. um, my numbers are getting up there. So... Um, yeah, I'm assuming you listen to this podcast because you like film in some way. Um, yeah, so that's everything I watch. I, 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 yeah, pop up a thought or a bit more of a complete review sometimes as well. Um, yeah, and that's also Kerb Kerbrider, Um Yeah, that's where you can get me if you want to. Cool.
0: Well, I uh, really appreciated you being on the show and getting a chance to know you. It's been great.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's been uh, it's been fun. Cheers.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll do it again sometime. Schedule's getting ready to come out here probably sometime in November, and we'll we'll get you set up for another time. Uh, mm-hmm. Next week, uh, I get a chance to talk with um, Robert and Dexter, we'll talk about The Thing as part of our GOATS. Um, and uh, next month, I believe, uh, two new writers talking about um, TV catch-up. Um, I think it's nice. uh, Mike and Matt. Um, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, should be lots of fun. Uh, but, uh, remember to come back next week, uh, where we'll talk about the thing and, uh, we'll see you then.